Hey everyone, so this episode is actually two weeks late. Uh, the night that we recorded this, my stepdad's dad passed away as well. He's been battling cancer for about two years, I believe, and we were semi-prepared for him to pass soon, but after my stepdad's funeral, I guess he decided he just didn't want to fight anymore, and my mom was the one sitting with him when he passed away, and... And so it's just been a very, very hard three weeks, but we are slowly getting better and I'm staying with my mom and I'm getting back into some sort of a routine with recording and we have some exciting things coming up. Uh, So I just wanted to say that I'm so, so sorry because I'm the one that totally dropped the ball on this. Uh, I had plenty of time to edit and record and research and I just, I couldn't do it. Um, So I am very sorry, but let's get to the episode. So I was going to ask you how your week was last week or your weekend but then you texted me yesterday and told me some of your football players were out of commission yes so so we we played the number three team in state but this is like before this so like the week before we played a solid team probably like a two-round playoff team they're always really good and like one of our stars he dislocates his ankle and i'm just like and this is a good kid and i'm just like bro i'm like no and i'm like I'm like, I sat there and I was like, I said, you know what? Give him my ankle. And I'm like, I'll be fine in the boot for a couple of months. And then we're fine. He's out. And it just kind of hurts. in a boot for months? Well, he's, he'll, be in the, he'll be in the boot for a little bit. And it's just like, he's still in the boot now. And he won't be able to. Um, he has surgery soon. And then he's out for four. He can't wait bare for two months. And then he's out for an extra two. And then he'll be back. Like, he'll be back. Be able to do stuff around that February range. So... He'll be happy because he can play baseball and he can do a little bit of track stuff. And he can also do like the tail end of his hunting stuff and rifle club. So he lucked out. But also This I mean, boy lives in East Texas, y'all. Yeah, so you know, he does so we're at that school we're at that small school where you know you kinda do a lot of everything. And then our it was quarterback just the hunting in the rifle club thing and I was hey, like, Yep, yeah, there it no. is. So the a running joke is we all talked about when we were all got together doing our like summer stuff. That when we all had like a varsity like powwow, not powwow, but like um retreat, it was like we said we all had a bunch of contests stuff, but we had nothing to involve shooting because it wouldn't be fair because he would win, and every nobody it's like the one thing that nobody disagreed on because apparently he's really that good. Um, then um we're good. Then we get we get ready to play the um the number three team in the state, and all of a sudden. We our corner comes our our corner's out because he's got COVID and I'm just like, bruh, please, it's like, help us. And then it was like, all right, we'll be fine. Then game day happens, quarterback breaks his thumb, um, other running back gets hurt, he gets an MRI this week, and I'm just like, hey man, we just gotta survive this week. I, we live with our like arguably our best player, and we're like, hey, 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 pull him. We got to survive. The game is not within reach anymore. Because, like, before our quarterback got hurt, it was 14 to 6, which was a big deal because, like, you know, we were the six. And this was a team that everybody expected us to, like, the steamroll us, which eventually they did. 
But um, it's 14 to six, and we got a turnover, and this team doesn't really turn the ball over at all. And we're like, oh my goodness! And we're slowly marching downfield. We got a few ticks, tacks here and there, and then we finally hit the punt. They return or whatever, and all of a sudden, like right before the half ends, like about five minutes, he's making a throw, and he, he comes down on somebody's helmet. All of a sudden, he's sitting there, um, and he's saying, he's saying like, and he's saying to the head coach, he's like, I think I broke my thumb. And we're like, excuse me. And then like we're in the, I'm in the press box, and like we we're all talking about it in the press box, and we're like, excuse me. It's like. I was like sitting there. I was just sitting there. I was like, bro. And I know he's devastated, but he's only a junior. So he'll be fine. Um, so is know, he out for the rest of the season? Uh, we're hoping to get him back for like the last game. And like if the season goes how it's supposed to go, that last game would probably be the one that decides if we get in the playoffs or not. Mm-hmm. So he'd be back for that one. And if he wasn't and we won that one, he'd be back for playoffs. He just literally is out for like definitely. He's out and released release for the next two or three weeks. And we have mm-hmm. – five games left so he he can take his time but not too long yeah. but um yeah and then it was like a running back has to get an mri and i'm just like what is going on <laughs> i don't know i know it's not just us that are having issues because i was just talking to another friend of mine that was just like can this month be over yet and i'm like i really just need the whole year to be over to be honest with you <laughs> Yeah. Um, because you've got a bunch of hurt kids, and then I got dumped, and then three days later, my stepdad died from COVID randomly in front of my mother because she was there while they're like trying to resuscitate him. And then we get through all of last week. We get through the funeral, have a bunch of family drama. She's grieving. We're grieving. I'm double grieving because I just got dumped, and I'm having to deal with all of this. And I have to move. And so, like, I'm trying to move and, like, find a rental house. And then when my stepdad died, I was like, fine. I'm just going to, like, stay with my mom for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, because I'm working remote. So, it doesn't really matter where I'm working. And then and then my stepdad's dad died yesterday morning. Yeah, I'm over, here, just, like, I'm over here trying to get Jordan through it. And it's just, like, stuff keeps happening to her. And, and I'm just like, oh, my God. And then... And then it's like stuff's happening on our end, and I'm like, it's nowhere near as bad, but it just like but it, it still a, sucks. It still sucks, and it's just like all of a sudden it's like one of our we get two of our kids back this week, and I'm like, thank God, it's like some good news. And then we're yes. all of a sudden it's like, so we're probably gonna get one of our other kids tested this week, and I'm like, son of a biscuit! I was like, can we at least make it? Then hold on, it gets worse, guys. Then our offensive Ooh, coordinator's out. Our offensive coordinator's out. The one that calls all our plays and runs our offense. He's out, and I'm just like, please be back by Friday. And I'm just like, um, he's out, and he he actually felt worse today than he did yesterday. He was hoping he'd feel better today, and I'm just like, you know what? Just just I remember I, said, I told somebody once, like our um, once some stuff happened, I was like, just just throw the whole season away and start over from the beginning, and we'll run it back and just call it a day. And it was like all like. Gosh, just can I please get some good news? <laughs> and then one of our other coaches, like he said, he, they, he started feeling rough. And he's like, it's just the head coach. I'm like, I ain't taking no chance. <laughs> it's like, then one of our other ones, he he's seen this cardiologist today, and I'm like, I'm looking around. One of them got diagnosed with diverticulitis. You know, diverticulitis. Yes, diverticulitis. <laughs> yes, he got so that, and I'm just like looking around the office, and I'm just like, hey man. <laughs> Whatever is going allowed. on needs to stop. I'm like, 
I was like, I was like, yeah, and it's funny because it. the other one's the young buck. He's the one that's a month younger than me, but he's been there for um a year. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, bro, we we get hit hard all at one time. It's like, can we make it to Friday? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, because I had one friend that was in the hospital for like ten days with COVID, really bad, almost died, and then he gets better, gets released, and then one of our other friends goes into the hospital with COVID really bad. I mean, not as bad as the first friend, but like they're not doing, they weren't doing great. And then my mom and stepdad got COVID. And then my stepdad just kept getting worse until he died. And then I have another friend who just lost their job. Yeah. And then I have another friend whose dog just died. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? (laughs) I I I don't understand. It's life. It and is. I'm, it is. It's like everything bad happens all at once. But I'm like, listen, we just went through 2020. And can like the entire world get like a reprieve? I don't know. I'm like, at this point, I'd rather be in Sword Art Online. <laughs> right. It's like, like at least put I, me I, in the damn video game. It's like it's like at least at this point, I know what to expect, and I'd be like, hey, 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 I'll just stay in the town. I know not to go out. It's like back of my mind, I was like, nah, mom didn't raise no scrub. And, well, um, listen, and in and in Sword Art uh-huh. Online, you can you can hone your skills. Exactly. So, but like, the issue is, can... I'm talking about like I'm full dive in this game at this point, and I'm over here like lesson planning. I'm like, bro, this stuff sucks. So, um, and that's why I tell that's why I tell Jordan. Jordan's like a little, like the planner of the group of us two, definitely. And I'm just like, so we 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 were back on our running joke of how Jordan is like my fake wife. When need be. Well, now it's more official because I'm single. <laughs> See, and like Jordan's playing these games, and then like next time we do this podcast, I'm like, so guys, we're actually married. We we just said YOLO. We're at this point now where it's like, what do we have to lose? And I'm like, me, I'm not moving. She's not moving. We're fine. Yeah. So if anybody asks, too bad, guys. I'm married. <laughs> at that point, I'd be like, hey, it's okay. No, I, um, so I was going to text you this as a joke. I said, all right, I'm just saying, if we ever get married, I got one wedding vow. <laughs> you got to do it, and I'm going to make you do it. And I was oh like, God. I vow to make Jordan play Persona 5. <laughs> I'm going to play it. No. <laughs> Look, if I put in the vow, that means it has to happen. <laughs> <gasps> Bye. I'm, like, I'm, I'm that sh- I'm that it. shallow and going that far just for you to play a game. They're like it won't even be like the typical. I promise to love you for no 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 no. I bitch, need I can't to- be married to you if you don't play Persona Five. That's that's really how I'm feeling right now. I, I mean, it's the 25th I anniversary. I literally have four, three in my possession, and five. It doesn't even matter as long as you play one of them. Matter of fact, you can literally play four because you have like a PC to play it on. And oh, and also, like, oh, do we also need to talk about when Jordan told me, like, I'm on the way back from Joaquin, guys, and Joaquin's like a two hour drive. And like, if anybody knows me at school, I literally don't do the driving. Uh, one of our other coaches does the driving. I'm just in the car because I've never pulled a trailer. Me and him were just chatting back and forth, and we kind of had this dead spot where we like, we kind of like chilled for a second. And, um, Jordan texted me, so, like, I was, like, I asked her how her day was going, because I, I, if anybody knows me, I talk to Jordan, like, at least once a day. Um, 
and all of a sudden Jordan's like, "Oh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a crap show." And I'm like, "What? How?" She's like, "Well, well, I got dumped out of nowhere." And I'm like, "Oh, the f up!" <laughs> I was like, "Huh?" That's <laughs> like sitting there. It's like that was the moment of time where if I was driving, I probably would have hit the brakes out of nowhere and we would all have died. But, but um, I know you don't do the driving, so it didn't matter. Exactly. I mean, obviously, from texting you back. Um. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hold up. I said, hey, what you doing tomorrow? <laughs> I like, I text Jordan. I'm like, I will be in Fort Worth in that area tomorrow after work. I did not care, guys. <laughs> I was like, legit just going to show up after we got done at work at like one. And I was like, um, cause I think Arkansas is playing Georgia Southern, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Um, but I was sitting there, I was like, did not care. I literally had like, I literally like packed up. Had my stuff after work to where if I needed to change, I could have. No, nah, I'm not going to lie. I was about to show up to this place in the sweatpants I was wearing. Um, and I was set up. Had gas, everything and else. I would and just like to point out he was wearing anime sweatpants. I sure was. I had my, um, it's over 9,000 with a cheetah on his sweatpants. So it was dope. And um, and I, no shame. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden she's like, no, no, no. I was like, don't worry about it. I'm actually coming that way because, like, and I'm like, I'm like, huh? So, like, when I tell you, I made sure, like, I had nothing planned just so I can make, go talk to Jordan and make sure Jordan was decently okay. And, like, she's like, yeah, I'm leaving. And I'm, like, in Gilmore at the, at the um, what we call the, um, hold on, I can't give too many locations away. Somewhere near the Gilmore area at the coach's house, like, at the coach's uh, house get-together thing. And I'm there, and I'm like, all right, let me know when you're 15 minutes out. She calls me. I'm in the middle, and I'm in sitting there, like, all right. 15 minutes out, and I looked down, and it's, t- it's going to take me 30 minutes to get there. I got there like in 20. Oh, yeah, because at this point, I had already told you that I was like, listen, I'm just going to pack a bag, and I'm just going to come to East Texas because my mom had COVID, so I couldn't go see my mom. But I was like, I can see my sisters at least, and I can see my dad. And I was like, I'm going to have to go through Longview, so instead of you driving all the way out here, why don't I just come to you? Yeah, so I'm like, all right, bet. So I leave, and it's supposed to take me 30 minutes. So we meet up at Olive Garden because I was like, I could eat something. I knew Jordan, I knew how Jordan is, and Jordan would really, well, probably hadn't ate to that point anyway, and she didn't. And so I'm sitting there like, all right, we can meet at Olive Garden. And I make a beeline after she says she's 15 minutes away. It's like, oh, you'll be there in 33 minutes. I got there in 24. Um, And I'm pulling up, and I just walk in, and there she is, and I'm just like, I'm like, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. It's like my, it's like the other Anderson. And I go up to her, and you can tell Jordan's been crying, and I'm just like, all right, I'm fine. I'm not going to hurt anybody. So then we're, like, talking about it and everything else, and you can tell she's about to puff up and cry again. And, like, I told Jordan this. It took everything I had to hold together because, like, when I see people cry, I either get mad because they made my friend cry or I cry too, or it's a combination of both. And, like, Jordan told me some things that was like, all right, you know what? They can catch these hands, or they can go – and like we can just you know make sure that they are not forgiven anytime soon. And she was like, "You gotta beat my dad to it." I'm like, "Oh no no no! I'll beat your dad for the simple reason I'll tell your dad <laughs> that." Okay, but here's the thing: I didn't tell you this because I saw you before I saw my dad. My dad was way calmer about it. He, I mean, he wasn't like it was you, Maddie, and my friend Eric who were like, "All right, I'm about to beat this son of a bitch up." Sorry for my cousin, but. I'm very tired and haven't slept in days. So, um, uh, my dad was just kind of like, okay, well, this sucks. Are you okay? Like, what's your plan? Cause he knows how I am. Mm-hmm. And 
he was very upset and he was like wow I just didn't see that coming and I'm like no one did we didn't talk about it he didn't talk to me about it he didn't tell me he was having second thoughts about things he didn't tell me that he decided he didn't want a family or that he had reservations about being a father he didn't talk to, to me about any of it he had one session with a therapist literally the day he broke up with me we went to the at-home store to look at wall art and wall clocks and then we get home and I'm like ready to spend the day with him because we're off and I feel good that day like I've been feeling like crappy lately from like infusions and he's like no I want to go hang out with my friends and then like he texted me something and I was like he's gonna break up with me but then Tiana and uh you know Cheyenne were kind of like maybe that's not what it is and then he like makes me wait five hours until he decides to come home from being out with his friends to be like, I'm sorry, but I don't want to date you anymore. And I'm just like, excuse me? So, like, my dad's like, yeah, like, no, like, I didn't expect, I was, I didn't see this coming. I'm like, dad, no one saw it coming. No one saw it coming. I didn't we, see it coming. We definitely didn't, because I, I, like, I got to the point where I would tell Jordan, it's like, all right, just make sure I'm in the wedding, or, like, at, and then be invited to the wedding. But, um, yeah, no, like, it's been a, it's been a heck of a time. <laughs> So every single time that I go to East Texas and I order alcohol, I always get carded. I have never not been carded in my life in Longview or Henderson or any other town in that area that isn't a dry town. Um, And I walked up to the bar at Olive Garden because I got there first and (laughs) I like had been crying and so I sit at the bar because they're like, hey, you're looking at like a 20 minute wait. And there was a bunch of people waiting and there was nowhere to sit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I just go sit at the bar? And they were like, yeah, yeah. So I go and I sit at the bar and the bartender like walks by and he's like, he didn't even look at me, but he walks by and he's like, I got to go put this down. I'll be right back with a menu for you. And I was like, okay, no problem. Then the manager walks by, sees me crying, is like, oh my god, have you been helped yet? And I was like, yeah, he just had to go get a menu and put something down. And he was like, okay, okay. So then the bartender comes back out, hands me a menu for the bar, looks at me, and is just like, can I get you some wine? <laughs> and just immediately was like, no card, no nothing. Just let me get you some wine. What's your favorite? And I was like, well, I like sweet wine. And he's like, cool, try this Moscato. Oh, man. <laughs> didn't even card me nothing and then the manager came by to like check on me and was like is everything okay like does the wine taste okay and I'm like guys I'm not crying because your restaurant sucks <laughs> like if I was crying because your restaurant sucks I wouldn't be here accurate but I just thought it was so funny because I've just I've never not been carded especially because my mom and my family know so many people like I uh-huh. can't even go to uh what is it the electric cowboy now it yeah. used to be Graham's but my mom used to work the night shift at IHOP when I was in high school. And so when I was in college and would be the designated driver for some of our friends that would go to the Electric Cowboy, uh, like Tiana Gray and Tiffany and all of them. Um, and I think I went with Aaron one time, too. I was the designated driver. Either way. But, like, all of the bouncers know me. And they are like, you can't come in here. Like, your mom can't find out you're here. And I'm like, guys, I am 20 years old. I'm 20 years old. You cannot. It's, it's stupid. So, yeah, I just thought that was so funny. And then they gave me a bunch of mints. <laughs> like, the bartender just, like, gave me a whole handful. 
I was like, thanks. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, God. And it's just, it's like, I was finna, like, to go back into that, and then we're gonna get into actually what we're talking about. Um, when I, like, sit there, and she's just like, and anybody knows Jordan, it's like, Jordan has emotions, whether she wants to admit it sometimes or not. Um, and this is, like, the first time we're, like, I've seen Jordan go full-blown into a conversation that isn't, like, an anime-based one or something that we've seen before that we thought was awesome. And it was just, like, I might end somebody. And then, like, my guy's confidence definitely took a shot. And I'm just, like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's, like, I said, woman, you are a queen. Get out of here. You will be okay. I know I'll be okay eventually. And then I told him, I was, like, and then I told him, Jordan, I was, like, hey, hey, hey. I was, like. If push and this one Jordan wasn't paying attention, it's like, hey, you'll be fine. It's like, I don't know. And I was like, I was like, if push comes to shove, I'll take one for the team. And then she was like, okay, noted, and had no idea what I had said. And I'm just like, before making that, a, we were having a completely different conversation. And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, hold on, that expe- that went way too well. And it was like, <laughs> and I was like, huh? And then she was like, so I didn't know what you actually said. I was like, all right, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> Because I was like, I fully expect Jordan to be like, no, 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 no. It's like, I appreciate it, but thank you. And all of a sudden, she's like, okay, no. And I'm like, huh? Listen, I thought he was offering to take me out. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean. Like, not on a date, like, take me out of this world. Because we were having a conversation about how um, I had, like, the universe had to give me a bunch of chronic illnesses because I was just too badass. Or at least that's what DQ said. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay, I have been told that, uh, or I am operating under the assumption that the only thing strong enough to kill me is me, ha ha, because I have an autoimmune disease. And then like, a co- about an hour and a half went by because I was working, and then he was just like, well, if push comes to shove, I'll take one for the team. And I was like, okay, noted. And then I didn't think about it until he was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd been talking about previously with the whole like, you're going to be fine, you're going to find somebody, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so I feel like my answer was appropriate for both conversations, just not what you were expecting. Look, it's all good. So now, after 30 minutes of us like crap shooting our lives and what's going on and how I'm the only one that emotionally right now is okay, and that's fine. Because once Jordan gets back on top of ruling the world, I'll be there at the same time helping her rule the world. <laughs> it's actually the perfect night for this story though because like where i'm at it's all like rainy and thundery you guys can't hear it but Loxus. <laughs> listen if he was in town we you would know because i would be jumping his bones but um but yeah it's like all rainy and thundery here and i only have my lamp on so we've got the, the ambiance going here on my end there you maybe go. i'll put some like rain sounds underneath the episode um but the last episode that came out was the episode with uh my three sisters okay we had the Uh, whole anderson clan on here yes the whole anderson army is what i'm calling them because anderson army aa there we go i thought i was clever um and I let you guys pick the topic because i had two that i couldn't decide between and then with everything that's happened in the last week and a half for me uh i haven't researched any i haven't finished any of my other notes so i'm gonna tell you this the other story that i had prepared for that episode 
I have not looked at these notes in the last week, so we're going to have quite the adventure. I actually know a lot about this story. This is one of my favorites. This story I actually want to dedicate to my mom because this is one of her favorite stories. And there's so many movies about it. There's so many books about it. Uh, I didn't actually know the full true story. I had only known what my mom had told me about it and what was in a couple of movies that she had when when I was younger. Uh, I think I've said this before, but my mom is like a total horror addict. She loves mystery thrillers and horror movies and horror books and stuff. Uh, She doesn't do well with like the paranormal TV shows like I like Mm -hmm. because that's just too real for her. So if it's fiction, it's fine. If it's like paranormal in the real real world, she's she's not about it, which kind of surprises me because this is one of her favorite stories and it is based on a very, very real occurrence, supposedly. And I say supposedly because as a logical person, I have to acknowledge that all of this could be a hoax, but I personally don't think it is. So today, I'm going to cover the... Amityville Horror House. So a lot of people probably know about this because there's movies and books and whatever uh, about it. And it's a very popular story. And I did a lot of research. I watched a documentary on it. Uh, One of the kids involved, he finally came forward because a lot of the kids just didn't want to talk about it. Um, the the two parents i believe are dead um but the kids i think there's three and they just really didn't want to talk about it but one of the sons i think he was the middle child i don't know i put it in here later on so we'll find out um but he finally came forward when a director approached him wanting to do a documentary on his take on the story and wanted to know really what happened because there was a book that was published uh shortly after it happened but there's a lot of controversy because that author did embellish a lot of things and he took some artistic liberties so a lot of the story that's known that's in the movies in the books isn't true and so the documentary that came out it's on amazon prime you can rent it for like 3.99 it's a great documentary i know a lot of people don't like watching documentaries but this i feel was very personal um it was very raw i felt like Um, so I got a lot of information from that. I also got, uh, information from, and what was I saying? Oh, I also got some information from it, and that's why we drink episode. Uh, I think it's episode six. It's one of their earlier episodes. Um, she also watched this documentary. Um, so the documentary itself is like two or three years old, but I found a couple of other articles, but a lot of it just kind of repeated the same information. So most of my information is from this documentary. So the Amityville house that is known as the Amityville Horror House is located outside of Long Island, New York. It was a large Dutch colonial house built in 1927 along a canal. It had five rooms, three bathrooms, a boathouse, and a swimming pool. Uh, It was not built over a Native American burial ground or anything like that. Uh, I do believe that that was stated in the book and several movies. Uh, Some people claim that the land where the house was built was either 
in an area where skeletons of Native Americans were found or that that area was used by Native Americans to conduct rituals like cast out evil spirits and that kind of stuff. But that cannot be proven by the Amityville Historical Society at all. And the Lutz family who experienced all of this in the house, they never claimed that it had anything to do with a Native American burial ground. This is not poltergeist. So let's just go ahead and just toss that theory out the window, okay? Because I have my own theory about what's going on here. To preface the haunting story, we're going to talk about some murders that happened in the house before the Lutz family moved in. On November 13th, 1974, Ronald DeFeo, 23 years old, he shot and killed his entire family as they slept in their beds. Of course. Both of his parents and his four younger siblings. After the murder, he showered, disposed of his bloody clothing, and then went to work. At about 6 p.m. that evening, DeFeo wandered into a local bar and basically just told everybody that his family had been shot. Uh, And they were like, oh my god, okay, let's go see. And then the bodies were discovered, and the whole murder was just... It's crazy. So he pled not guilty by reason of insanity, insisting that he was acting in self-defense because he had heard his family plotting against him. But nevertheless, he was convicted on November 21st of 1975 on six counts of second degree murder. And he was sentenced to serve six consecutive sentences of 25 to life. He did die um, March early this year. Uh, March 12th, 2021. Um, there are still a lot of questions about this case because several things just don't add up. So maybe I've been thinking about doing mini episodes. So maybe we can cover the DeFeo murders in one of those episodes because this is just, it's creepy and mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense to me because one, he changed his story several times. The neighbors didn't report anything other than a dog, than their dog barking. Um, the family was killed by a 35 caliber uh, lever action Marlin 336 rifle at around 3 a.m. So there's no way that, like, somebody wouldn't have heard something. Because yeah. it's not like they're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, they're in, they're in Amityville, Long Island. They have neighbors. And I grew up in East Texas, guys. <laughs> lever action, a lever action rifle is allowed you can hear it for miles and he fired it at close range or the weapon would have been fired at close range within a house so (laughs) the neighbors would have heard something uh but all of the members of the family were found face down and the murder weapon was found to have been fitted with a silencer but which is weird to me because not a lot of rifles have the capability to have a silencer added onto it so that kind of would account for this for the neighbors not hearing anything but silencers don't silence a weapon they muffle it and with them having neighbors and it being such a larger caliber weapon there would still be some sound sorry that's my opinion Uh with my experience with firearms that's somebody would have heard something uh So they, yeah, they were found face down. Oh no, I'm sorry. All of the members of the family were found face down and the murder weapon wasn't found to have been fitted with a silencer. So there's no way that the family wouldn't have woken up, you know, because they were shot one by one in their own beds and there was no evidence of the family being drugged. 
Um, they didn't find anything in the talk screens during the autopsy. So it's just all around crazy. So sorry, I misspoke. Like I said, I haven't read these notes since I wrote them. And apparently I can't read. So the murder weapon was not found to have been fitted with a silencer at any time. Putting a silencer on a rifle is hard. So not surprised. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm also going to take this opportunity to put my pre-law degree into use. Because uh, I'm going to explain the difference between first and second degree murder. Uh, I know we're not going to go really far into the murders um, for this story. But to me, it's important to know that he was committed of second degree murder and not first degree murder. So the big difference between first and second degree murder is first degree murder is intent. Uh, first degree murder is usually premeditated. So that means you go into the situation with the intent to kill somebody uh you've prepped you've brought your own weapon that sort of thing mm-hmm. second degree murder on the other hand is it wasn't premeditated but it was intentional so you might not have walked into the situation with the intent to kill them but something happened in that moment and you did kill them and you meant to do it like in that moment you meant to kill them but like so say you came home from work and the classic example of a second degree murder is a murder of passion so a husband walks in on his wife having an affair he shoots the suitor that is a crime of passion that's second degree murder because he didn't come home with premeditated intent to kill this person he did it in a state of rage when he found his wife in bed with another man so that's the biggest difference or the easiest way to explain the difference between the two uh Mm -hmm. less of a charge so second degree murder is less of a charge than first degree murder but it is more severe than manslaughter uh first degree murder has three elements uh main elements which is willfulness deliberate deliberation and premeditation um which premeditation is part of intent uh, to charge someone with first-degree murder, the prosecution has to prove to the jury beyond a reasonable doubt that both mens rea and actus rea were present in the criminal act, which means that they had the intent to do it, and then they actually did it. So actus is like the, the action of doing it, I believe. Um, since DeFeo pled guilty by reason of insanity, though, the jury found him guilty of second-degree murder because there wasn't enough proof to convince the jury that there was both criminal intent and a criminal act. So it wasn't premeditated and therefore, by definition, was a crime of passion for whatever reason because they couldn't prove that he went home that night with the intent to kill his family. He could have woken up, you know, in the middle of the night and just killed his entire family yeah and so that that is important for later on okay right that little explanation uh so after the murders the house remained unoccupied for 13 months gee i wonder why uh i feel like there was there's a bullet missing well whatever um So the Lutz family moved into the house on December 18th of 1975, and they only stayed for 28 days. So they moved in on December 18th, and they were completely out after Christmas. So after Christmas and New Year's, they were done. They left. They purchased the home for $80,000, a considerable discount because there were murders in the house. 
Uh, the DeFeo's furniture was still in the house, and the Lutz family purchased it for $400. So not only did they buy the house that the murders occurred in, they also have furniture that belonged to the family that was murdered. When they bought the house, the kids, the Lutz children, were told about the murders and asked if they were okay living there. Uh, Daniel was the oldest kid, and that, okay, so it was Daniel who the documentary was about. His other brother, I think his name is Christopher or something like that, and he's one of the ones that has never spoken about this event. Uh, so Daniel, the oldest, does remember thinking, yeah, I could be happy here. Uh, he did have some issues with his stepfather. He and his stepfather did not get along, but, you know, he was a 10-year-old boy, and his mom was divorced, and he didn't like his stepfather. Big effing deal, okay? We just need to move past that. A lot of people made a big stink about their relationship, and I'm just like, I didn't have a positive relationship with any of my stepfathers except for the one who just died. So, there's that. Um, so, I feel like that kind of relationship or that kind of animosity, or not animosity, what is the word? I think it'd be animosity. Is it animosity? I'm gonna Google it. Look, I'm remember you're okay. Remember you're the smarter one of the two, so like you gotta, <laughs> you you gotta be on this one. You can throw that out there, and I'll say some things. And it's it like, was animosity. Oh my God! Look, guys, remember I'm the smarter one of the two. So no joke. <laughs> it was animosity. I I was thinking like anonymous, but I was thinking of an, an anonymity. But for some reason, my brain was like, no, that's what animosity is. Anyways, I feel like that level of animosity is common in a relationship between a, an adolescent, slightly prepubescent boy and his stepfather. I, I have witnessed it. So even today, like that's still a very real normal thing. And he did kind of get over it as he grew up. So there's that. Um. But, and so the kids, the family is referred to as the Lutz family, but the stepfather did not legally adopt any of his wife's children. So they are not Lutzes, but they are referred to as the Lutz family. So I'm just going to refer to them as the Lutz children, um, unless I refer to them individually by their names. Uh... So a priest came the day that they moved in to bless the house, uh, as was customary in the area at the time. Kathy, the mom, was a non-practicing Catholic, but with the house's violent past, she wanted to feel more comfortable in the home. And as this priest was performing his blessing in what would become the kid's playroom, he heard a deep masculine voice say, get out. And out he went, because he's a smart cookie. Uh, he did not mention the voice to the Lutzes at the time, but he did say that he didn't think anyone should sleep in that room. Uh, the room did later become the kid's playroom. The priest also allegedly developed a high fever and blisters on his hands upon leaving the house. Because he was blessing the house, so I'm guessing he had an adverse reaction to whatever was in the home. Uh, Daniel was unloading the truck the day they moved in, so the same day that the priest was there, and he took a box up to the room that was going to be their playroom, where he was uh, faced with hundreds of flies. It's December in Long Island. There shouldn't be any flies. I would also like to point out here that flies are an indication of a demonic infestation. So, there's a demon whose literal whose name is Lord of the Flies. 
yeah. not the book. Oh. The book and the movie were terrible, but I wouldn't know. Um, but there is a a demon who is present in a lot of uh uh whatchamacallit exor exorcisms. I was gonna say it's like, come on now, sound out your words. <laughs> I second guess myself when I say it now, cause um at work I have taken upon my I've taken it upon myself to rewrite some of our training materials yeah. and I write walkthroughs for new uh for new processes and I developed a new process for a specific project that I'm working on and I submitted the walkthrough document to my supervisor so that she could add it to our training manual and she was going through and checking it and she emailed me back and was like listen Jordan I know that this job can be very demanding and stressful but we don't need to go around you know conducting exorcisms on line items and I was like what are you talking about because I was talking about when you're exercising an option on a contract, but I spelled it as like an exercise, like an to exercise as an exorcism instead of exercise with an E to like, you know, make that option active or to exercise and work out. Like yeah. they're spelled differently, but now I second guess myself every time I say it out loud <laughs> because I'm like, wait, does it sound different? And it really doesn't. It's just ones with an E and one, ones with an O. But, um, uh, so, yes, but there is a demon who is com- who is present in a lot of uh, exorcisms. Jesus. Oh? I was sitting there and, and, and I, I moved over, did something, I clicked on something, and I was like, that wasn't supposed to happen. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. It's December in Long Island. There shouldn't be any flies in the house. And yet there were swarms of flies. And Daniel says that he killed a a hundred of them. Like he killed several of them. And he went down to tell his mom to be like, mom, there's flies in the house, like in this room. Like, what do you want me to do? And she's like, what are you talking about? And so she goes up there and there's no flies. Like even the dead ones were gone. So strong indication of a demonic presence already first day. Uh, several cold spots were also found inside the house, like 20 degree difference in cold spots in a room that had. Yeah, because it's I mean, it's an older house, so it is common to have temperature differences, but only of a few degrees. But they documented 20 degree differences between one end of the hallway and the other or in one room versus the hallway and that room could have blankets you know against the bottom of a door or around the door um and uh the wind and around blankets around the doors and the windows and there was also a fireplace in it and they could walk out in the hall and it would be 20 degrees warmer than the room with the fireplace so very odd George Lutz, who's the stepfather, he would sit by the fire at night, stoking it and piling logs onto it to the point that the chimney was choking because he couldn't get warm enough. So he's constantly just putting more and more kindling and wood into the fire and would smoke that room out because the chimney couldn't handle all the smoke because he's that cold. Like he just couldn't get warm. And so he would stay up all night sitting by the fire trying to get warm and he just wouldn't be able to. And apparently there was no medical reason found for this phenomenon. 
on several occasions, the garage door of the boathouse would slam up and down. Uh, in the documentary, Daniel said that the whole family would just be standing there watching the garage door slam up and down, up and down. And they looked up at his, uh, oh wait, skipped ahead, hold on. So one time when he and his stepfather were returning from closing the garage door, because it had a latch, and so they would sit there and they would watch it go up and down, but then they'd, eventually they'd have to, like, go out there and, like, close it and latch it to, like, force it to stay closed. Um, and... So he, Daniel was smaller, and so he said that his stepfather had to go and pick him up and have him hang on to the bottom of the, the, the garage door while it was up so that the both of them could pull it from each side down. But because he was shorter, his stepfather had to, like, pick him up to lift him up there to grab the door. And so they had to, like, both of them pull on it. Daniel had to use all of his body weight to get it to come down, and it wasn't a heavy door, they had to literally use their entire co uh, combined body weights to bring the door down and then latch it with a lock to keep it closed. But then I guess sometimes that lock would come unlatched because it would do that all the time. So I'm not really sure what was going on with the garage door. But one time as they were coming back from the boathouse after dealing with the door, they looked up at his five-year-old sister's room and they saw a cartoonish angry pig with red eyes and wolf-like teeth. Oh. Yup. Speci very specifically, he was like, it looked like a cartoon pig. But it wasn't just me that saw it. My stepfather saw it. And we both ran inside and up to the youngest's room and they found it empty but the rocking chair in the room was rocking back and forth by itself and he was very specific he was like it was definitely a really angry pig but it had glowing red eyes and wolf-like teeth instead of tusks so he's very specific and he's in his 40s now and he still swears up and down that he 100 saw that in the window that was not an embellishment on the original author's part. Like, that really did. He really did witness it, and so did his stepfather. And the pig makes other appearances in the story as well. Um, that was just the first time they saw it. The Lutzes also experienced horrible smells in the home, so they would often have to open the windows to try and air out the house, despite the cold, because this is winter in Long Island. Um, but several of the windows would randomly refuse to open or close. So they would go and they would open it and close it one day and then go to open it again and it wouldn't open. Or they would open it, close it, open it again the next day, and then it wouldn't close. Like randomly. And it would never be the same window that did it. So it wasn't just like one window kept getting stuck. It was different windows. And this is a huge house, by the way. I can send you pictures of it. It's not there... Well, the house is there, but it's undergone some structural changes because the people who own the house now are tired of people coming and, like, taking pictures of the house and stuff. Um, so one time when they were uh, going to open the windows, and since they had trouble pulling the windows down, it made it even more perplexing that Daniel had opened one window and then that window slammed down on his hand with an unnatural force like crushed 
the bones in his hand. Jesus. And they have trouble closing the window so often for it to, like, come down that hard. I mean, if a window just slides closed because it's loose, it's not going to slam down hard enough to literally crush the bones in your hand to where it's, like, the top skin is touching the bottom skin. Like, your bone is not there oh. anymore. Um, and George later said that Daniel's hand was flat, skin's touching skin. They got Daniel downstairs, and Kathy is trying to doctor his hand as best she can, get Daniel to calm down, figure out what happened, do we need to take him to the ER, all that stuff. And Daniel says that while he was sitting at the table, he felt something enter the kitchen, and there was a knife knocked off the counter, uh, or there was a knife sitting on the counter, and the knife fell off the counter, and then something sat in the chair at the table next to him. He could see the indent in the chair cushion, but there was no one sitting there. But, like, something clearly had sat down in that chair. And his mother turned to get ice from the ice box, and when she turned back to her son, his hand was completely fine. It wasn't broken, wasn't bruised, wasn't red, wasn't swollen. It's completely fine. See, that's that that's that foolishness that makes you question life. You're like, you know what? Nah. Well, but you can't even say that, like, they didn't leave because they did. Because you have to understand that at this point, it's not even Christmas yet. And they moved in on the 18th. So all of this, everything that's going to happen in the story literally happens within 28 days. So they've barely been in this house for like two weeks. It might, it, Christmas, it might be right after Christmas at this point. But I mean, it's not like they stayed there for years. Yeah. So they, they do get smart, but it's like when you're just move into a house and your stuff starts happening to me, like, I don't know that my first thought would be like, we need to leave the house, but eventually they did. But And it wasn't even just him. Like, his brother saw it. His stepfather saw it. His mom saw it. Like, they all witnessed his hand literally being crushed at the kitchen table. Like, sitting at the kitchen table with him screaming and his hand flat. And then all of a sudden it just wasn't anymore. (laughs) Which is weird to me because I've never heard another story like that in any other, like, haunting or anything like that. Like, this, that's a first for me. And that was something I didn't know about until I started researching. Um, and I think I, when I first started listening to, and that's why we drink, when M covered the story, I was like, mm, no. She's, but then I watched yeah, the documentary. Like, this is why we drink. And I was like, I forgot that you're quoting and talking about something else. And I'm just like, wait. It's like, oh, you yeah. don't the, drink, you do. <laughs> the podcast, and that's why we drink. And M doesn't drink alcohol either. They drink milkshakes. Or at least that's what they started doing. But now I think they're doing tea or a Starbucks drink. Just sort of whatever they have at the time. And Christine is pregnant, so she's also currently not drinking. So she just drinks, like, Gatorade and water. But the show started out with M drowning her sorrows in milkshakes and Christine drowning her sorrows in wine. But, uh, yeah. So this is one of the first episodes that they covered, and I just remember listening to it being like, that doesn't happen. 
Like, that has to be an embellishment. But then when I watched the documentary, Daniel was super adamant. He was just like, that's one thing that I can never unexperience. And just the look on his face, he's not an actor. So I, I believe that when he was telling the story, he was being very genuine. Um, and da, 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 da. yeah, so uh, Daniel reports... So his mother turned around, and when she turned, she turned to the get to get ice from the icebox, and when she turned back, uh, Daniel's hand was fine. Daniel reports that even though his hand went back to normal, his pinky isn't straight like it used to be. So he still does have some indication that something ha happened to his hand, um, because he says that it was straight before that happened with the window. Uh, this isn't the only claim of body disfiguration, though, for, for the Lutz family. George said in an interview after the incident that Car that Carrie that Kathy's face transformed into an old crone and lasted for over an hour. So apparently he was laying in bed with his wife and he turns over and she just is super old. Hmm. Like can you imagine that? Like you just turn over and your wife is suddenly like an old bat and you're just like what what the heck? So why all of a sudden would you look old? Well, I don't know. That's that's the weird part because it happened twice. That's at that point. So this like, is the first that's, time. That's at that point. I'm like, that's that point. I'm like, hey Jordan, we gotta, we gotta have a talk. <laughs> it's like we hey. gotta have a talk. It's, it's like, hey, hey, like you looked like 25 yesterday, <laughs> or my bad, 20 yesterday. Now you look 40, 48 today, or you know, 72. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> Is this whole time not, you've I actually been really old? It's like this whole time you've been really old. It's like all this stuff I can deal with. This whole, this whole you actually a seventy year old? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> like a a sinus prenup. Sinus prenup. Um, yeah. Um, so this happened twice, I think, because I think the other time she like was doing something in the fireplace like she was like stoking it and then when she turned back to george she had the face of an old crone again um and it takes forever for it to go away apparently but the first time it only lasted for an hour kathy also reported being touched by an unseen force on several occasions um so she felt like her hand had been held at one point uh i know she felt someone grab her shoulder and tug on her hair but she did complain of being touched by something she couldn't see several times. Uh, the family was woken by strains, strange jolting noises in the middle of the night. And George claimed to have been woken up every morning around 3.15 a.m. And later found out that the DeFeo family was estimated to have been murdered at 3.15 a.m. Or between 3 and 3.15 a.m. And he didn't know that until he talked to DeFeo's lawyer after moving out of the house. Kathy told a reporter that the house affected everybody in the family. So not just her or the stepfather or her or Daniel, but th the other two kids became very argumentative. Uh, George became increasingly violent and distant. Uh, and he had not been that way before, even though he had you know, not the greatest relationship with Kathy, Kathy's kids, but he was very sweet to Kathy. They were very much in love. And she said that he became very angry and violent while in the house. Missy, who's the youngest, the five-year-old. Uh, oh, this part is bad. Oh, gosh. 
Okay, oh, so gosh. Missy is, is five years old. And Missy would tell her mother and stepfather that she had met an angel named Jody in her room. Missy would sing a song every time she entered her room, and supposedly this was the only song that the youngest daughter of the DeFeo family knew. One time, Kathy found Missy on the roof of the house. So she goes outside, goes to the roof, and is like, Missy, what are you doing? And Missy's like, well, Jody said that if I jumped, I could be her friend forever. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Missy also told her mother that Jody would change into a large pig and could change shape and form at will. So Daniel is now convinced that the pig that he saw in the window was actually the demon or whatever was pretending to be Jody. And Jody actually was the name of one of the of the youngest daughter of the DeFeo family. But it definitely was not actually her. It was something pretending to be her. In my opinion, anyway. Oh, God. Uh, so lights in the house would flicker. Common with a haunting. Also common with an old house, but whatever. The family heard pigeons. Okay, this one's weird to me. So, in the documentary and in some of the articles that I read, the fa- it says that the family heard pigeons on the air conditioner top above the master bathroom but they had never seen pigeons before like pigeons in the area before this nor did they see any indication that there was a nest or any other bird presence so i don't really know what they mean by the air conditioner top so i don't know if like the air conditioning unit was like on top of the house or on somewhere near the master bathroom and they could like hear like the metal covering i don't i don't know what they mean by air conditioner top but apparently they could hear birds around in the in the master bathroom that sound like they're coming from outside somewhere but then they would go outside to that area and there would be no signs that that birds have been there and i don't know if anybody knows anything about new york pigeons but they're disgusting and they leave feathers and poop everywhere well i definitely don't know about new york pigeons because i haven't been to new york I hate New York. I love New York, but I hate New York. So. All right. So, uh, so no honeymoon New York. Got it. It's so smoggy. Like, we're used I'm to like, being I'm like, East. y'all, guys, you don't realize I'm going to take this joke and, like, run with it until either A, she tells me to stop, or B, it's not a joke anymore, or C, it's just like I have to drop it because someone else is like, all right, now I'm serious. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, New York is so smoggy. And when you grow up in the South or anywhere that's like country and you're just so used to big open air going to a very dense city like Chicago or Indianapolis, New York, uh, Boston, I just felt like I couldn't breathe. But there are other reasons why I hate New York because I love Boston, even though I couldn't breathe there half the time. But whatever. Back to the story. Um... On the final night that the family stayed in the house, uh, for a long time, they wouldn't even talk about what happened on this night. Uh, They just said it was bad enough to give them a reason not to stay there anymore. So they had been through all of this stuff, you know, Daniel's hand being crushed and Kathy's face being uh, morphed into an old crone and Missy trying to commit suicide by jumping off the roof of the house. 
whatever happened that last night was bad enough to make them leave after experiencing all of that other stuff. Um, but George said that he was lying in bed and everyone was asleep and Kathy began to levitate off the bed and then away from the bed. So finally he starts talking about what happened. Um, and then George felt something else get in the bed. So he's watching his wife float up and then away from the bed and then he can feel someone else get in the bed but he can't see them Uh -uh. and then but he was unable to get up or move he could hear the boys screaming from their room and he could hear their bed slamming up and down on the hardwood floor and like the beds being dragged across the floor but the crazy thing here was that the beds were supposed to be attached to the sheetrock in the room. So the beds were supposed to be attached to the wall. Mm-mm. So that the so the beds shouldn't have been able to move at all. But both boys, or at least Daniel and the stepfather were like, well, the stepfather was like, I could hear the beds scraping against the hardwood floor, banging into each other, hitting the walls. And Daniel was like, I was literally on top of the bed and it's being picked up and dragged around the room. And then the, the footboards of their beds were being slammed together or knocking into one another. Um, and both boys, uh, George said that both boys told him that their beds lifted off the ground and the footboards were knocking against each other. When George was finally able to move, I'm not really sure if Kathy was back in bed at that point or what, but he says that when he was finally able to move, he went downstairs to get the dog and brought the dog upstairs and tied him to the door handle outside the door. So he didn't let the dog sleep in the bedroom with them. He was just like, you have to sleep in the hallway outside of our bedroom. That was good. He said they died. They tied him to the door. handle. I'm like, all right now. Yeah. He put him on a leash and then like put the leash around the doorknob so that the dog would stay put all night. And George said that the dog was up all night pacing circles and vomiting and whining, which is something he had never done before. But he vomited all night long. And George just left the dog there, which makes me incredibly upset. Mm. Um, the boys came down the next morning, scared out of their minds, and told their mom and their stepfather that they hadn't been able to get out of bed as well. So they're screaming and they're on the beds while their beds are levitating and moving and slamming into the walls and the other bed. And... They can't get out of bed to go to their mom and their stepfather. And George was like, I couldn't move either, but I could hear them screaming for us. So I'm guessing Kathy was asleep during this whole thing and was just levitating and turning into an old crone or whatever it was she was doing. Um, Missy hadn't heard a thing and Kathy didn't have any memory of what happened. So Missy came down the next morning and was like, Yo, what's up? Uh-uh. And everybody else is scared to death. Kathy's scared because her two boys are terrified and her stepfather's like, they were screaming. I couldn't get out of bed. You were levitating. So, but Missy was just, she didn't hear a single thing and she just slept like a baby, apparently. So the next morning, George called the priest that had come to bless the house the day they moved in. And the priest was just like, bro, why are you still there? Just leave. Like, you're stupid. See? So they 
<laughs> so they finally fled the house on the afternoon of January 14th, 1976 with the kids. Uh, the kids were only able to grab three changes of clothing each and they went to Kathy's mother's house and they never returned to the Long Island home again. So they basically sent people to pack up their stuff and move it for them because the family wouldn't go back to the property. Okay, so now we're going into the investigation. So after they fled their home and they began telling their story, a reporter by the name of Laura DeDio, I think, uh, she got into contact with George, George and Kathy and then put them in touch with the Warrens. So, uh, what is it? Ed and Lorraine Warren that are from The Conjuring. We're not from The Conjuring, but they're famously known for the events that inspired The Conjuring. So, this one will disappoint you. Don't ask me. <laughs> I wasn't like necessarily the... just asking you. We have a limited fan base, so. True. So, the fan base, guys, y'all probably know what she's talking about. And I'm just like, all right, you said it. And I'm just like, what the freak are you talking about? Well, I think I've talked about Ed and Lorraine Warren in another story before. Could be yes, wrong. Probably. There's just like you talked about the conjuring. I was like, oh look, another mainstream movie I haven't seen that someone's gonna listen to this and I'm like, bro, you're so disappointing. And I'm like, I know. Jordan tells me all the time. <laughs> I have never told you that you're disappointing. Don't tell people that. Oh my bad. You never told me that to my face. Anyway. <laughs> I've never Oh my god. Okay, whatever. We're moving on. So Ed and Lorraine Warren, Lorraine claims to be a medium, and I actually, I know I have talked about them before, and I've explained what Ed does, but uh, they're a husband and wife team, uh, and they're self-proclaimed demonologists. Uh, they were involved with the Annabelle doll, the Conjuring House, and several other poltergeist investigations. Um... The Warrens entered the home on February 24th of 1974. Oh, wait. That doesn't sound right. Mm -mm. They left in 76. So, yeah. That was a typo. Okay. So, they entered the home on February 24th of 1976. And Lorraine, the medium, uh, said that she felt an overwhelming sense of sadness and depression throughout the entire home. Uh, Ed claimed to feel a powerful inhuman presence and they concluded that they weren't dealing with the run-of-the-mill ghost and put together a group of professional psychics to help them. The Channel 5 news team covered the Warren's investigation of the house on the night of March 6th of 1976, so that same year. Um, there's also a really crazy photo that I'm going to find and I'm going to text it to you. Uh, when the time comes. Are we going to text him when the time comes? Yeah, I'm going to send it to you. But I'm going to do it at an appropriate time. Okay. Amityville ghost. Ghost. Okay. So M showed this photo to Christine during the episode where she where M covered it, and Christine's reaction is hilarious. So y'all should definitely go listen to that. I believe it's episode six. Um, 
So during their investigation, one of the team members began saying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, While doing so, she looked out of the front door as she was saying, Our Father, uh, the standard Lord's Prayer, Our Father. What is it? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I think you skipped some stuff. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's the first part of the prayer. It's like, good God. Is it, it's well, like, father... it, it feels like, it feels like you're still leaving something out. And that's probably right. It's just like, I'm so used to everything else at this point. Listen, I was raised Baptist. I didn't, I only know the Lord's prayer because I had friends that were Catholic and I basically lived at their house. If I wasn't at Cheyenne's house, I was at Heather Kennedy's house. And, her family was Catholic and her father was basically like, if you're going to eat at our table, you have to learn all of the prayers. So like I could recite every prayer, but for some reason, the Lord's prayer is the only one that I remember into my adulthood. At least I think I remember it. We're about to find out. Yeah. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So basically she started saying it. Like just started the Lord's prayer And as she starts the prayer, she sees a group of figures who were also saying the same prayer, but backwards. Does that make sense? Okay. What is going on? It's it's just like the weirdest stuff. And it's like, none of this stuff is like over, I mean, it's scary, but none of this like scared the pants off me yet. But it's just one of those things It's like, man, if I was in that situation, first of all, I wouldn't be. But anyway, second, if I was. It's just you're less like, if that had been me, you know what I would have done? Everybody be like, what? I would have. You'd have left. I would have left. Like, if no one's learned from listening to our podcast, my solution for everything is I would have left. With my dog. (laughs) (laughs) If the dog was there. Exactly. But Um, for the sake of that, the dog comes with me everywhere. Except for, like, literally my current apartment. But, you know. Um, but for the sake of this, if I have a house, my dog's going to live with me. Like, it's just in the discussion. Sure. His apartment makes sense why he lives with I don't want us restart right now. Go away. Sorry. Keep going. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're investigating, so they can't just leave the house. Oh, corn. <laughs> that's like saying, that's like, oh, that's like saying if I'm, if I'm a private investigator. <laughs> no, hold on. That's like saying if I'm a detective. <laughs> investigating a murder scene and the murderer shows back up with the gun i just stay there no you get out as soon as possible i mean no 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 no. that is not an accurate analogy sure it is because i see the thing oh my bad i know what's gonna happen hey stop i think you actually did the minute bang bang look now i have two dead bodies okay we're gonna we're gonna leave that one alone and just move on here. Okay? okay, okay, my bad, my bad. Yes, was that a bad analogy? Yes, but that's what I had, and that's what I go. I don't always have the best ones, but then someone's gonna be like, you know what? That actually made sense to me, and I'm like, I'm gonna appreciate that one person because I mean, I'm you. I'm not actually... saying that's not what some people would do. I'm just saying, as a cop, that's probably not what you're supposed to do. That's also why I started off with private investigator, but then I was like, no, 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 no. Okay, as a cop, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. But, like, say you're, like, the one detective on the scene because everybody else is, like, outside and he, like, pops through the window. 
for whatever reason. Because, like, you know, we're just slacking that day. We're, you know, Ted, who's normally on top of everything, is he called in sick. You know, his wife is upset because they haven't gone on a date. Oh, you're in like creating two a months. whole backstory for this imaginary cop. Yes, exactly. That's not even, and the funny thing is, the cop's not even the important one. The, the investigator is the important one. So then he's going to turn and see, and he's going to be like, you know what? Stop. It's like, no. I'm going to be like, oh, leap. And then you're going to like run out the other door to get help, okay. obviously. But you well, know, I, I understand know what you're coming from. I know why teacher and not a detective or a police officer oh, oh no trust me the kids have already determined we've already determined if someone comes in to hurt my kids we all de- we've all just said what we're gonna do we're gonna take whatever we can just throw it at the door that's mm, a good strategy i mean because i'll be honest it's like i told him guys it's like if he shoots off the handle there's nothing we can do so we might as well just take whatever we can and throw it at the door because like he can't dodge all of it and if he does I, I, I'll, I'm going to tell y'all right now, we're just going to have to go ahead and accept our fate because there's some in no way unless y'all all just can't throw. And then I'm like, you know what? This is why I was actually here. I didn't deserve to go out like this, but it's actually y'all's fault, but it's fine. <laughs> and they all like crack up because they're like, this is why we like you. You actually made sense. Why does no one ever tell us to throw everything at the door? And I'm like, I feel like that's actually a common sense thing. We just don't talk about it. Anyway. All right, then. Yeah, no, that's my rant. <laughs> okay, well, this investigator wanted to leave, but she couldn't because this is her job. No, again, Apparently. like, she, it's her job. No, 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 no. She could leave, but she committed she to this fired. investigation, and so she had to stay and stick it out. Because at this point, she's just seeing a group of figures out of the front door who are saying the Lord's Prayer back to her, but they're saying it backwards. So she's saying it forwards, and apparently they were reciting it backwards. Oh, oh um, you said they're at the front door? Yeah, like she looked out of the front door. Well, and oh, never mind. She can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> she, the safest place is actually the house. <laughs> Depends on from whose point of view. The uh, let's I mean, let's be honest. If, there, if you look outside and there's some in the front yard, there's nothing stopping anything from being in the backyard. So I'd rather not take that chance. I'm like, hey, I know how the house layout kind of looks. So I'll take my chances actually in the house. And then, it, you okay. know, that's how I go out. But, you know, like, fine. Um, all right. So this same group of figures were also reported by another investigator to have forcefully said, will you stop? Also, during the prayers said by that team member. So that team member was saying the Lord's Prayer and some other prayers, I guess. And that group of figures outside was reciting the Lord's Prayer backwards. But then another investigator on the team heard them scream simultaneously, Will you stop while that other person was still praying? Um, The Warrens found significant cold found a significant cold spot on the staircase, uh, which we know happens in the house frequently. And one of the cameramen from Channel 5 had a violent physical reaction while climbing the stairs of the house. Uh, So he says that he was prevented by an unseen force uh, from climbing the staircase. So he got violently ill and he couldn't go up the staircase for whatever reason. Uh. So, 
this uh, investigative team decided to do some seances in this house because that's the word style. Uh, during the first seance, because they did multiple, uh, one of the psychics became ill and had to be removed from the room. Uh, she wasn't removed from the house, but she was removed from the room. Uh, she said that she kept seeing a black shadow that would form a head and then move. So, like, this black mass would start to form a shape. And, like, I guess, like, she would start to see, like, the shape of a head. But then before it could fully form, it would move again. Okay. Uh, and every time that it moved, she said she felt personally threatened. So she didn't just feel uneasy. She felt like it was personally trying to attack her or scare her. Um, but this event was also corroborated by another psychic who said, psychic, not sidekick, psychic. Uh, one of the other psychics who said that the shadow or the figure uh, would make her heart speed up immensely. So anytime that it would move or get close to her, she would feel very, very anxious and start to have uh, a rapid heartbeat. But they're sitting during the seance. So, um, yeah, she just she just felt very, very uncomfortable and felt like her heart was racing. Uh, it was the conclusion of the group that whatever was in the house wasn't human, nor had it ever been human, which is backing up my demonic theory. Uh so it had never been human despite presenting itself that way uh because remember missy claimed to see jody and she did say that jody could shapeshift but whatever it was was taking the form of a human child um so they said that despite presenting itself that way it wasn't human and it wasn't actually bound to the property in any way so in other words Whatever was there wanted to be there specifically while the Lutzes were there. Um, the Warrens felt that the house could only be saved through a cleansing performed by specifically an Anglican exorcist or a Roman Catholic priest. So either somebody from the Vatican or somebody from Westminster Abbey. Because when the when the UK converted to Catholicism or converted from Catholicism to uh, an Orthodox religion so that King Henry could get divorced. Uh, they practice uh, Anglican uh, Christianity. So they, they, they have some similarities, but they're the ones that do that thing with the like uh, smoke thingy. And they like walk through the congregation and, have like the frankincense and the myrrh incense going um i got to go to church at westminster abbey when i was in london so that was really cool but uh they're that's like an anglican church and then so they specifically were like we either need one of these two extremes we can't just have any priest it's got to be roman catholic or anglican um it's specifically an anglican exorcist because I guess, like, in the Anglican religion, like, they have actual people, like, because in Catholicism, technically any priest can do an exorcism, but they have priests that are trained in exorcisms, but they're still a priest nonetheless. Um, but in the Anglican religion, I'm guessing they have specific people whose only job is to be an exorcist. Um, I don't know for sure if that's the case but that's the 
the idea that I got. Um, I'm, I was raised Baptist, so, like, I don't know a whole lot about, I know a lot about Catholicism because I had a friend who was Catholic and I went to church with them Yeah. Uh, sometimes, but I don't, um, I'm reading about it, hold on. A Protestant religion. It's not orthodox or unorthodox or whatever. It's a Protestant religion. So anyways, um, exorcism is not an occult or esoteric practice of the church. Okay, well, so apparently in an Anglican church, they don't do exorcisms, I guess. I don't know. If anybody has the answer to that question, please email us because I am curious to know if I was correct or incorrect. But the Warrens felt that they needed an Anglican exorcist or a Roman Catholic priest. But the Lutz family declined the responsibility of cleaning the house, cleansing the house, as they were not willing to risk any further torment. So they just said nope and returned the property back to Columbia Savings and Loan on August 30th of 1976. So they moved out in January, but they didn't actually like give the house back to the bank until August because they were doing interviews and investigations and stuff like that. So during the Warren's investigation, they had an infrared camera set up on the landing of the second floor. Uh, the camera was on a timer and was set to take a picture at certain times during the night. Uh, when the film was developed, they came across a picture of what appears to be a little boy with glowing eyes peeking out of one of the rooms. And this hmm? is where with I one eye. No, glowing eyes. No, they said like one eye. No, glowing eyes, and he's peeking out of one of the bedrooms. So I just sent it to you. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. Um, so what's extra creepy about this? Um, looks like Call of Duty Zombies. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the little picture down at the bottom here, uh, and I will post this picture uh, on our Twitter because uh, we don't have an Instagram right now because I am honestly too busy to run 40 million social media accounts. Accurate. Sorry, not sorry. Um, so there's a little smaller picture at the bottom corner and it has a close-up picture of the ghost boy of his face and then it's set next to a picture of one of the DeFeo kids and it does look pretty similar. Uh, kind of, I feel like John DeFeo's nose is a little wider, but... Uh, it definitely could be the same boy. So even though a lot of people have tried to debunk the photo, it was taken in the 70s before editing software even existed. And infrared cameras don't use a flash. So um, infrared cameras, uh, if you've ever watched like ghost hunters or kindred spirits uh, i think they use ir cameras on destination fear uh they use them on ghost adventures they use them on ghost brothers uh, it's a very standard ghost hunting equipment um and the ir light is used to pick up images in the dark very clearly um, and I believe that it emits a red light, 
but when you're filming on camera it's black and white and it's kind of contrasted so like if you're wearing a black shirt when you're watching infrared camera uh, camera footage your shirt actually will appear lighter because it was black and so there's kind of some contrast there but it is it shows up to us in black and white um that this photo is a black and white photo but because when it takes a picture in IR, it doesn't use a flash because the light emitting from the camera is a deep red light and it does not make people's eyes glow. I mean, I've seen so many ghost hunting shows. I have used an infrared camera on a live ghost tour before on ghost hunts that I've uh, been on. Um with friends just for something fun to do and when you watch all of the footage and you're turning and you're standing in front of the IR camera and you're looking at the camera and you're talking or doing an EVP session your eyes aren't glowing so the little boy's eyes in this picture are glowing and to me not only was this picture taken in the 70s but infrared cameras just don't do that to your eyes so they would have had to have been and honestly like Usually it's animal eyes that glow in dark pictures, not human eyes, but whatever. Um, but what's even creepier other than that about this photo is that a lot of people claim that the ghost boy looks like one of the DeFeo kids and nobody can debunk the photo. A lot of people tried to say that, um, that it was one of the investigators because that night one of the investigators was wearing a shirt that looked similar to the little boy in the photo like his shirt looked similar but it, the stripes were determined not to be the same width or whatever when they were comparing footage and other images from that night uh so all all in all this photo is just really creepy even if it is a real person why are their eyes glowing ir cameras do not do that <laughs> so i told you what it is <laughs> except you know what? real life not a video oh. game, obviously true <laughs> true it's also not an anime. If it was an anime picture, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Oh, well, no. We we would definitely be questioning it. It'd be like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't question things in anime anymore. I just sort of accept them and move on. And that's mistake number one. <laughs> it's not a mistake. I can't change it. If I could change it, I would have changed the ending to fairy tale. Spoiler <sighs> alert. I haven't seen it, so I'm glad I've seen it. Just, like, just dump it on me because I would have been heated. I didn't spoil it. I'm just saying I would have changed it. No, no, I didn't no. say it was good or bad. I'm just saying no, I would have made it if, to where it didn't end. If anything, the only thing I'll change the ending to is Hunter x Hunter. But that's my personal preference. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to change the ending to that anime. Well, yeah, because it's not a true ending. It leads to me loose ends. But continue. <laughs> we don't need to have another 45 discussion on anime. Look, and this is why, this is why, guys, this is actually why me and George don't need to get married, because, like, we're like, what's sleep? And then before anybody thinks it's weird, it'd be like, this would be the conversation we would have. And I'd be just, we'd be just, like, laying there, and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I wasn't satisfied with the ending of such and such. And she's like, oh, my God, me too. And then, you know, I look up, and it's time to go to work. Oh, my God, I have to tell you something. See? Point exact. <laughs> so, this actually did start as a pillow talk conversation. Uh, with uh, one of my sisters. So uh, we were getting ready for bed uh, last week because I stayed with my mom all last week. Um, so my the youngest sister, Maddie, moved in 
with a friend. So she doesn't live there. And we had gone and picked up Gerilyn, who lives with my dad. Uh, so all four of us were under the same roof while Gerilyn was watching TV in the living room. And me, Maddie, and Caitlin were in Caitlin's room. And I was on a blow-up mattress. And I was already laying in bed. And Caitlin, you know, is, like, sitting on her phone waiting for Maddie to finish brushing her teeth. And she's reading something. And then she just is like, they changed the, what is it called? The, uh... Ast- ast- astrological signs is that what it is the zodiac sign she's like they changed the zodiac dates and i was like what are you talking about like i'm half asleep here and caitlin's just waiting for maddie to come out of the bathroom so she's on her phone laying in bed and it's just like i'm not a, a virgo anymore or whatever she's like i'm a whatever she was and i was like they can't do that they cannot do that. And so she starts asking me all these questions. And I'm like, why do you think that I know anything about this? And she's just like, well, you're really smart and you know things. And I was like, girl, the only thing I know about the Zodiac is from fairy tale because Lucy has all the Zodiac spirits. But I was like, mm-hmm. all right, tell me, tell me why they changed it. And she was like, I don't know. Oh, I think they added a new Zodiac. And I was like, they can't add a new Zodiac. There's 12. And she was like, what's open it? Op- what? And I was like, you mean Ophinicus? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, that's a snake, but that's that spirit can't be conjured unless all 12 are present. And so I'm like, I don't know why they added that to the Zodiac, but now I'm a Capricorn and not an Ari- or Aquarius, and I'm really upset because I really enjoyed being a mean mermaid lady. But apparently now I'm a goat. So then Caitlin was like asking me about all of the like zodiacs and like what they were and i'm like i'm just gonna tell her what i know and so she's like what's an aries and so i was like well it's from this day to this date but the aries is the sign of the ram <laughs> so she has pink hair and a white fluffy dress yeah and that gets roasted <laughs> on one of the episodes when she goes bad and it's like oh, i, I oh, still have yeah. that like cut scene in my phone i'm like bro we didn't have to go in on her like that Oh, yeah, but I was just having this whole, like, pillow talk conversation with my sister about the Zodiacs, and Maddie comes out of the bathroom and she's just like, what are you talking about? But yeah, so apparently they have add, officially added Ophinicus into the Zodiac year calendar wheel thing. Uh, so everybody go recheck your Zodiac signs, because no, now no, no, I'm no, a giant no. goat. No. I-, I was born a goat. Anyway, no. Um... <laughs> No, 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 no. We can't change zodiac signs because it's like that's what I said. But apparently, it happened. Always a Scorpio. Anyways, it was just funny because you were talking about like middle of the night conversations, and this was at like one a.m. in the morning. (laughs) See, see, and it it, it it's just funny because you said it, and then it was like, and then it's like, oh my god, I got something to tell you, and I'm like, see, guys, this is what I was talking about. (laughs) Like, it's true. Like, I literally know. What the? Hold on, hold on, hold on. It, okay, based off what you said, which is it, it's really dumb, all it did was make the sign for the Scorpio just a lot shorter, and it ticks me off of when they did it. I was like, really? oh, well, that makes no sense. Did yeah, you look it up? Well, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm looking to get the right one. Because it's just like I was sitting there looking at it, and I was like, this can't be it. Zodiac signs were changed in 20... 
I want because the, the the I think the article she was reading said that like we've been reading them all wrong because we forgot about the thirteenth zodiac and I'm like we didn't forget about it, it was there, but it's not a part of the year calendar wheel, because it's technically omnipresent. It's present all the time. Whatever. So I don't know if they just changed it for like 2021 or what, but. Look, I don't I know if they can know. do that. I don't think they can. It would just upset me. Yes, it would upset me. No one else, just me. Just me. Yeah, it says, and according to astrolog- astrologers, September is going to be somewhat fittingly given the circumstances all about harnessing that back-to-school energy courteous, courtes- courtesy of the new moon in Virgo. That's not what I thought that was going to say. I, I, I would probably jump out a window before I change my zodiac sign. All right, I mean, I don't on. really even believe in it. I just thought it was funny because <laughs> we were talking about anime and then like random middle of the night conversations. And I was like, wait, I got one for both. See, see, and it's just, I just think it's hilarious because like I threw it out there. And then, in like, you provide the exact reason why I'd be right. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like, it's, it's like I tell everybody, it's like, it's like I know what I'm talking about sometimes. Yeah, I'm telling you, it was like, just, that's funny. But it's like, now I went and looked and I'm like, and it's so dumb because it's like every other thing gets like, they're like a, like a decent like month span. And it's like, oh, Scorpio, we pushed you back and made you a week long. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Why does that get the short end of the stick? Yeah, there's a lot of other ones that y'all decided not to change, but that's the one. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, Ophinicus was not considered a member of the Zodiac. So, like, I guess because we're, like, in an occlusive era, they're like, we have to add Ophinicus to the, to the Zodiac belt. <laughs> Whatever. So, Aquarius. Oh, no, wait, I still am an Aquarius. Just kidding! Look, this, this is why. I'm still an angry mm-hmm. mermaid lady. <laughs> oh, wait. Where's Alphinicus? Oh, no, this is the old list. Where's the new one? What? I'm confused. Okay, we can move on and we'll talk about this later. Of course, because pillow talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's some other facts about the Amityville, Amityville horror story. So Daniel, as I said before, Daniel and his stepfather, George, did not have the best relationship. Uh, George was known to be very interested in the occult, and all three of his stepchildren have said that they saw him levitate something in the garage before they even moved to the Amityville house. Uh, so... There is a theory that he did something, like he was experimenting with something, or he just opened a portal or opened himself up to something, and it just, well, it happened right before they moved, or maybe it happened right after they moved in, and he just released something in the house. Uh, The haunting stopped when the Lutz family moved out. Uh, None of the other owners who have ever owned the house have witnessed or experienced any paranormal activity which is why a lot of people latch on to that to the theory that the haunting was caused by george and it was attached to the family and the family 
or at least Danny claims that the entity followed the family when they left and that his family was, his parents were essentially tortured for the rest of their lives and he is still being tortured in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so Danny, as well as many others, believe that it was George's interest in the occult that opened him up to something or allowed something to attach itself to the family um, and that the haunting and paranormal activity didn't actually have anything to do with the house itself. It just conveniently happened when they moved in. Um, but then there's also the theory that something was present in the house, but it wasn't like super active until the Lutz family moved in. Like maybe there were some weird occurrences that happened like with previous owners and it just kind of went overlooked, but there is a lot of stuff about, or a lot, a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of talk about that Ronald DeFeo was actually possessed and that's why he killed his family. And that's why his story keeps changing. And that's why it was so random because at one point he said he didn't remember doing it. At another point he said he did it because he was mad at them. And then he changed it and said, no, they were like plotting to hurt me or kill me. And so he did change his story a lot. Um, but there, there is some theories out there that say that they, that people think he was possessed um, and killed his family when he was possessed or he was tricked or talked into it by whatever negative entity was there and then because George was so into the occult that when they moved in whatever entity was there was just like cool and then went with them when they left the house um like I said there are a lot of books a lot of movies about this um the true story kind of came to light with the documentary that Daniel did it was done very tastefully I don't feel like they encroached on his territory uh the reporter that was present that uh that got the family in touch with the Warrens she was actually in the documentary as well and she met up with Daniel and was like oh my god I haven't seen you since you were like 10 years old you know how are you doing and he was very reserved for a lot of it and he really didn't want to talk about it and there was another scene where he was talking to I don't really know if he was talking to like a psychiatrist or a therapist or uh, I think maybe it was like a paranormal, uh, what are they, a paranormal psychologist or something like that. Um, yeah, I think it's a paranormal psychologist and he sits down with this girl and he's like, listen, I don't know you. So like, how do you expect me to like tell you about the most traumatic thing that's ever happened in my life? And she's like, no, that's fair. And so they have this really genuine conversation and he kind of slowly starts to open up. He tells the reporter a couple of things. He's talking to the director of the documentary. And so things just kind of unfold in the documentary very slowly. Um, kind of, it's very well paced. Uh, it's not super, what's the word? Targeted at one kind of theory. It's kind of just like stating here's what they experienced. Here's the rumors about the lawyer because... There were also some rumors about the family meeting up with the lawyer because I said that George didn't know when the family was killed really until after they moved out um, because they spoke to DeFeo's lawyer. And so there was this whole conspiracy theory or just theory that they had conspired with DeFeo's lawyer to kind of create this whole haunting thing to kind of 
add into his insanity thing about him being like possessed or whatever driven insane by a paranormal entity that was in his house that forced him or made him kill his family or whatever but that theory doesn't have a lot of credence i don't think because the lutz family didn't make a whole lot of money by coming out with their story they didn't really get a lot of money from any book or movie deals or their story they didn't get it they didn't make any profits they lost a lot of money when they gave the house back to the bank so it's not like they were rich because of this story so in my opinion they really didn't have a lot to gain from like coming out about and coming out with their story and talking to the press about it and yeah they did have contact with the lawyer and later, I think the lawyer was interviewed and was like, yeah, it was all a hoax. Like, we talked about it and we created all of this with the author who wrote the original book and, like, told him to embellish some things. But I'm pretty sure that lawyer was deemed to not be a credible lawyer after a certain point in time. So a lot of people are, a lot of other people are kind of like, well, we can't trust him. So, um. And then the other two children, I think the other brother's name was Christopher or something like that. So Christopher and Missy still refused to talk about it. They didn't want anything to do with the documentary. But the director who did the documentary approached Daniel very carefully. Uh, Daniel did have a lot of problems. He lived on the street for a while. He was a drug addict. But he was really trying hard to put, turn his life around because he was like, this event, I mean, that 28 days in that house, like, scarred me for life. And it's drove me to make some really bad decisions and he's not really involved in his kid's life but he's trying to be so he's trying to turn like his whole life around and that's kind of when he started to open up about the incident and I think kind of doing the documentary and maybe talking to the therapist or the psychologist or whatever really really helped him kind of move past it but uh he is still very generally disturbed about it like that's that's kind of what makes me think that some of it was real or it was real to him but everything that just happens in this story, I mean, there's just so many crazy things. I mean, the cartoon pig, the the hand being, sla you know, slammed in the window and, like, crushing his hand and then all of a sudden not being crushed anymore. The wife being turned into a really old lady. Like, I've just never heard of that in any other haunting story ever. And you would think that people who are making up a paranormal haunting story for to get fame or 15 minutes of fame they would come up with something that's more believable i guess at least that's that's my opinion anyway no i definitely agree with that one because like i don't know like the levitating and the beds moving and stuff okay and the flies are right all signs of a paranormal act or all signs of actual genuine genuine paranormal activity in a house but I, how many times does a ghost present itself and change shape in front of somebody and then try to convince them to jump off the roof so that they could be their friend forever i mean i know that's a theory with like black-eyed kids or black-eyed children but yeah or no i think it is black-eyed kids b b e k i think that's the acronym for it but that's not a proven theory and that's just i think a very select few people's theory so i don't know this whole story is just so outlandish that i'm like there's i don't know yes somebody could make it up but like if they were trying to get famous off of it i feel like they should they would have went with something a little bit more believable and 
they had three kids that they would have had to have, like, figured out how to coach to say all this stuff. And I don't know. Just doesn't add up to me. The murders didn't add up to me. And how this haunting or whatever it is doesn't add up to me. So, it's just crazy. But, uh, yeah, Mom, not sure if you're aware of the actual true story of the Amityville Horror House, but there you go. There's always There's always something. Yeah. I didn't know about the murders. I really didn't until I listened to the And That's Why We Drink episode. I just thought it was some crazy, like, poltergeist activity. But it was very clearly demonic in nature. Guys, this is why I drink apple juice. Guys, this is why I drink apple juice. You and your apple juice, I swear. No, like, I literally woke up last night multiple times, and I, I would do the same thing. I would literally get up. Go to the kitchen, drink some apple juice, and then turn around and go back to bed. And then I'd wake up like two hours later and do the exact same thing. Like it was a recurring cycle. So again, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep referencing it. So if you just wake up and I'm just not there, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just gonna get you a mini fridge for Christmas and just fill it with apple juice. So you can put it in your bedroom. There you go. And the funny thing is, once that goes once that goes on, I'll be like, well, there it goes. But it's got to be the I, ones uh, with Donald Duck on it. Those are the best ones. Wait, the mini fridge or the apple juice? No, 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 not the mini fridge. The mini fridge, I'll I'll, I'll put, I'll slap a giant Persona sticker on there. But, um, oh, okay. Actually, no, based off how Arkansas is done, we'll slap some Arkansas stickers on there. But, um, no, 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 no. There's, there's the apple juices that have Donald Duck on them, and they're a dollar. And they're, like... Great, and so is the orange juice, but we're not putting orange juice in there. We're putting apple juice. Orange juice can go in the normal fridge. I have no idea what apple juice you're talking about, so I'm literally looking it up Look, right now. Oh uh, my no, god. Li- literally, it's just, it just has Donald Duck on it. That's the only thing. <laughs> Where do you even buy this? <laughs> it's hilarious, because they're at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> oh, that explains it. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. This is hilarious. This is literally something out of the 90s. Look, my dad put them on me. He's like, have you ever had, had these? And I'm like, no. And I put them on. Hey, man, these things smack. And I was like, <laughs> and I never look back. I literally, when I go to um, Wingstop, which is more often than I should, if I go to the right one, if I send my order to the right one, because I did send to the wrong one once, um, I just go next, like, it's really right next door, and I walk in and grab some. And I went there the other day, and I was like, all the freaking apple juices on. It was like stacked with orange juices, so I like swallowed my pride and got an orange juice. But and it still was good. But I knew what I went in there for, and I was really disappointed. So I like went to the Dollar General the next time, and I was like, looked for it, and I was like, there it is. Actually, no, I bought it at Target. Dollar, let me not lie to y'all. I bought it at Target. Normally, I go to the Dollar General and get a big thing of apple juice. I almost went in Target today. Yeah, but see the but thing they is, they didn't have what I needed. See the thing is though, I'll go on the Target and be gone and done in like you know, five minutes. You might disappear. Mm, very true. They just yeah. have so many things. Look, look, I, I've I, I've gone on enough trips with the opposite sex to know if like if I'm going in there and it's not just me, I might as well make sure my phone at least on fifty percent. I'm going to be there for a while, and I better not have anything planned for the next, like, hour and a half. <laughs> and it's the worst part is we'll be in the same section for the store for, like, 20 minutes and get nothing from said section. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Target has very high-quality stuff. 
True, but then it's like if we don't get any of the high quality stuff, why was I in there for so long? Because that's like, it's an adventure. I mean, I guess it's like when people go like when me and my boy met in Tyler because all of us were meeting in Tyler. He was like, he met me at the mall because we were gonna beat everybody else in Tyler there by like an hour and a half. So we got there and we went to the mall. He said, "I'm gonna give me some shoes." We went to Academy, didn't get no shoes. Like, okay, that's fair. Went to Dicks, didn't get no shoes. Went to like all the places, and then all of a sudden it was like sitting there. Ah, I don't know. I'm like, this was the whole point of the trip. Like, we literally just killed an hour and a half for you not to get shoes. And there's plenty of ones you said you oh these are good ones. I I like these. I'm probably I should probably get these. Like I like I literally went ordered my bubble tea. We went to another place, came back, and then my bubble tea was ready. And I was like, and we're leaving. And I remember I was sitting there just like finishing it up. We even went to another store real quick because I saw a Persona 5 poster. I didn't even get it, but I just wanted to look at it and see how like see how it actually looked and if I wanted it. And I, I made that decision like two seconds. And I was like, all right. Shoes, shoe shopping is a very, very serious adventure. And you have to buy the right pair. So I don't, I don't, I don't find anything wrong with that, with that excursion. But no, no. You know. It's the fact it was an hour and a half. Like, it was 30 minutes, sure. It was the fact that's why he went there, and we did get it accomplished. And and I remember, I think he ended up going to Walmart and buying some shoes. I was like, I was like, you mother. Anyway. And, I mean, it was a fun trip, but I remember, like, it, it dawned on me, like, when we were about to leave, and I, like, stopped what I was doing and looked at him, and I was like, you didn't get no shoes. And he's like, no. Nah. And I'm like, of course not. Like, me, I bought a pair of shoes last week. Because um, one of the coaches, he has them, and I bought, like, literally one of the ones that matches his. Cause I think they look good, and I tried them on. These shoes are amazing. And he has yet to wear those same pairs of shoes. Because he cycles them out. But he has yet to wear that same pair with the same, like, color scheme since I bought mine. And it's made me really sad. But he's also now out. So I'm just like, now I have to wait even longer. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's, like, the last pair of shoes I bought myself in the um, – actually, I lied. I have another pair of shoes. But for the most part, I don't buy my own pair of shoes. I, like, wear the same ones and kind of cycle out because my dad will be like, oh, these look kind of nice. And they'll be, like, the most off-the-wall shoe. And I'm like, sure, I'll wear it. And then I'll wear those and cycle throughout those. And then sometimes I'll just go back to, like, the OG ones and I chill. And then, like, he'll be like, all right, you want some new ones? I'm like, heck, yeah. And then I'll just wear those forever. Like, I rarely buy my own shoes. Like, really, the last ones I bought before these ones I just got – well, literally my ones that are, like, custom-made that have Bakugo from My Hero Academia on them. And I wear those exclusively when I wear, like, the shirt. Ooh, you know the best thing about being single? What? I don't have a boyfriend to tell me to stop buying shoes. <laughs> don't worry, I will definitely take... No, I already got no! a place for the whole, like, when you say, so yeah, I, I, I spent $22 at Starbucks and Uber Eats, and I was like, and in my mind, I'm thinking you just bought, like, a coffee or something, and that was it. And that's why I had to ask later, did you get food? And you were like, yes. I was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because I was, like, trying, like, and you were trying to justify it up until you told me you had bought food. And it was, no matter what you told me, it wasn't going to click. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I like, also just you? posted something on Snapchat that was like, all right, Bath and Body Works. <laughs> you know I'm depressed right now, and I like to shop. 
Hey, trust me. I definitely understand. I mean, like, don't be like me. And like, when you go through your breakup, I went and got tattooed. Like, I really got, I really got a tattoo on my, like, the middle of my chest with the heart crossed out. Don't regret any of it. I'm just like, I tell everybody, I was like, oh, I just stopped having feelings that day. <laughs> uh, I am getting a tattoo. Uh huh. I am getting another tattoo, but it's just okay. Because all of this shit coincidentally all happened in the same week span. So, coincidentally, I am getting a tattoo this week. But it's not because of my breakup. It's for my stepdad. All Me, Maddie, and Caitlin are all going to get a tattoo together for my stepdad. So, I am getting a new tattoo. But. Uh, well, I guess it's an Anderson thing at this point. But we got our tattoos for different reasons. Well, I mean, technically, I guess it was heartbreak, but different types of heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't get it on the day that he died because I have my tattoo guy here. So I had to, like, make an appointment. Yeah, don't worry. I didn't do mine either. I literally waited till my birthday. And I was like, let's get it done. and th- Which was, yeah. ironically, like, ten days later. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but I have a... T- tentatively scheduled i just need to make sure that maddie and caitlin can come up here for it uh because i only trust two tattoo artists in the united states and one of them is in arizona and not dfw so oh gosh i'm very particular okay do you know how easy it is to get hepatitis from a tattoo parlor Uh, oh my goodness so so um facebook you know snapchat has memories right uh-huh. Which in a couple of little while you might want to avoid yours. But um it's literally like three years ago. Like, it took them forever to pop up today, but it's literally like for the most part, if anybody knows me, all my Snapchat memories of if it's like from the past three years, it's of my dog. <laughs> so like I'm going there and it's one, the first one's like, is dad laid out on the air mattress watching TV and then there's my dog like right there, <laughs> like laying on him. And then the next one my dad had got up to do something in the kitchen. And you just see my dog standing there waiting for him to go back go back to the bed. Yeah, all my Snapchat and Facebook stories are all going to be my mom's dog because she's a Yorkie and his name is Killer. Of course. Is it the one you sent me? Yes. I completely kind of ignored what his name was. I just saw the Yorkie and I like zoned in on the fact that it was a Yorkie and I was like, See, everybody knows these are great dogs. And then there's like mine, who's so like a psychopath. So yeah, no, 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 so no, 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 no. You're not gonna convince me that he's a bad Yorkie. You can convince me that he, he, he has his own way of running things. But I watched, I watched your sister hold this man, hold this dog, and dance with him in the air by his like paws. Like she held him right, but I'm just sitting there, and that man was, that man just had to sit there and take it. And I'm just like, this is why he's mean. <laughs> he's not mean. He's just. Not obedient. Well, of course not. He's got to assert his dominance. Okay, my dog's the same way. Like he'll listen, but good God, it's gotten it's gotten to the point. Where I'm like, all right, all right, we got it. My mom's like, you got sent to obedience school. It's like I literally will not do that. It's like let's get out of here. Well, Killer's been and he's in training, but it's just so funny because my mom, like, all she wanted to do the morning after the funeral was sit on the couch and drink her coffee and watch the news but killer was like i haven't seen you in like two weeks because you had covid and i was at maddie's house with maddie and caitlin 
and then you were at the hospital and then you had funeral stuff so like I wasn't home and so like I want to play with you my mom was like can I just drink my coffee first and so he literally sat there on the couch barked whined and growled at her until she picked up his toy and then or one of his toys but it wasn't the toy he wanted so she threw it for him to go fetch it and then he stared at her growled at her again and we they went through this until she finally picked up the right toy and then like any time that she was like on her phone or drinking her coffee and not paying attention petting or playing with him he would like try to knock what was ever in her hand out so like he literally got in her lap and like was scratching you know how like they dig for things yeah so he was doing the digging motion on her phone screen oh yeah no like my dog if i'm playing the game he'll eventually like kind of like try to wiggle his way and like nudge and i'm just like and he knows what i'm doing so it just never gets old and i'm just like and he'll do that thing where like the digging and he'll do that too and he'll just like start doing it first he'll like do that like little pet where he's trying to get you and if you don't do anything then he'll start doing it and, like, I'll play with him for a little bit because, you know, like, in my case, I don't see him for a little bit. So, I'll chase him around the house, let him do his own thing. And I go back to what I'm doing. I'm like, son, we just played for, like, 30 minutes. It's like, I need my little – I need my time to do this. And then – and it's never really that bad if I'm doing anything that's actually kind of productive. It's just, like, if I have the controller in my hand, he knows I'm not doing anything that's productive. But if I have the laptop – He'll like wait longer and he'll be more patient. But if I was like that control, he's like, no, 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 no. But he'll always, if I'm always like, no, we're not doing anything. But if I go and lay down, that man will just shut it down and just go up there and lay down if he doesn't have to go to the bathroom. But I've learned if I need to do something for the same period of time, we'll just take him around the block or take him around. Because I'm right now, I'm paranoid to really kind of walk him after like old, old dog tried to jump up on him. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I'll take him outside, let him get like, because he, he, Obviously, with the fur, he doesn't like being outside too long because he'll do his own thing. And he's like, oh, I'm kind of tired. And then, you know, he'll get his water and do his own thing. But if you let him ever just get tired, that man will just plop down. It's, it's a wrap. Uh, like, Matt Miller, just... he is a bundle of energy 24-7. I mean, like, if he's in my mom's room, he knows when it's time for bed. But I guess because, like, he hadn't seen her in forever and, like, he doesn't understand, like, why Jared's not there because it's technically Jared's dog. Yeah. Um, but, like, he wants to play 24-7, and he wants to, like, be chased around the house or run around outside, and it's like, we have funeral things to do. Like, I have to sit and burn a CD and or type up, you know, a, well, thank you cards. Like, I have things to do, but he was just like, no, you have to play. And then anytime we went to bed and he wasn't, or we were in bed and we had our door open and he wouldn't go to sleep, so my mom would, like, let him out into the living room but our door would be open he just comes in and just like starts attacking your face like he 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 doesn't like we have to literally make him lay down with the threat of his uh vibration collar like we have to pick it up and be like lay down (laughs) like i he's just he's adorable but he's not well behaved right now But he is very cute, so he's about to be all over my social media because he's adorable. Of course, that's how it works. So, like, how, yep. like, legit it works. Mm-hmm. And when Tiana and I move in together, it'll just be my cats. Keep forgetting you have cats. I'm just, like, calm. I am a cat. <laughs> Meanwhile, me and my dog are, like, 
So, um, yeah. I do crack jokes, <laughs> though, about, like, how I'll be, like, messing with them. And I'm like, guys, I need someone, like, to take one for the team and just be a dog mom. And I'm just like, guys, like, y'all don't realize it's a it's a work in progress over here. A dog mom? I mean, no, like, because, like, he doesn't have, I mean, he has a grandma and a grandpa, but he doesn't have a mom. His, mm-hmm. He has a dad who is me, and then, and then, um, what I say, and there, that's what we tell everybody, and then, um, that was, that's it, that's how that works. But then I'm like, oh yeah, don't forget, you used to have a mom, but we don't, we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening with my dogs right now. Yeah, so, so, so guys, if you haven't figured it out, Jordan still technically lives in the house with her ex-boyfriend so like it's been a time for her okay guys yeah it's very awkward i like waited for him to go sit outside and watch the rain to like go downstairs and put my laundry in the dryer and get food uh, or something out of the icebox because i like literally cannot even look at him like it makes me super anxious and then i just want to cry so i've just been staying upstairs and doing all my packing while he's at work most of my packing but I will be out Friday, so my mom and one of my sisters are going to come up on Friday because I'm off on Friday, and they're going to help me put boxes in the storage unit that I rented, and then next Friday, I have a friend with a truck who's going to come help move the bigger things. Um, the storage unit has a truck that I can borrow, but some of the stuff won't fit in a truck bed, so I need a trailer. Uh, so my friend, uh, Heather Kennedy, and her husband are going to come with their brand new truck and trailer. They've had the trailer for a while, but they just got a brand new truck. Um, so they're going to come help me move the bigger things, and then I will be officially out of his house. But yes, it's been very awkward. I bet. And I feel bad, because, like, the dogs, like, whine, because they know I'm up here and not downstairs, and they, like, want to be in here. So, it's it's really sad. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, what are we going to do about the dogs? Like, do you want me to take Casey? Because, like, he's very attached to me. And with it storming and stuff, like, I'm usually the person he wants to, like, cuddle and be right up under. And, uh, I mean, we're recording, so I couldn't have him in here because he can't be quiet. But still, it was really, it was really sad. So I'm just trying to look at the bright side and be like, you get your cat back. There you go. Well, that, there's and you get to always... go spend a month with your mom's dog. Yep. A.K.A. the greatest dog breed of all time. But um. Yeah, I sent a picture to Tiana and was like, can we get one? And she was just like, no. Aww. Well, she basically was just like, as long as you can promise that it's not going to hurt the cats and that we're going to train it really well, then fine. But it can't be a big dog. And I'm like, I literally just sent you a picture of this Yorkie. It's like this is what I would want. It's like AKA the dog that isn't gonna get like humongous. Yeah, the cats even will be the bigger big than this dog. Aren't even all that big. Yeah, and then she was like, "All right, but if you get another boyfriend and move in with him, you're taking the dog with you. I ain't taking care of it because she kept my cat because Jet was is allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. But also, she's really attached to my cat, and her cat or my cat was attached to her cat, and so I just didn't. I was like, I can't separate them. So oh, no, I'm not it. about to say, no, don't worry, don't worry. It'll be fine. You're also not oh, about yeah. to say, it's like, it's like, it's hilarious because I tell everybody, I was like, me and cats have no problem with cats. It's just, um, 
They all either they all they somehow all find me anyway, so I just kind of accept it. Cause I remember when I went to the shelter, cause I used to go like the I used to go to the ones at ETB and kind of like visit the puppies and everything else. And um, there's a there's a room with all the kittens in it. And then there's one that was like hissing at everybody, and it's just like I go in there, and then all of a sudden this cat, he you see him just slowly work his way around the room. He gets on some, and then I'm just chilling. And I got too close to one of the counters, and he didn't like hiss or nothing. He like clowns on my shoulder, and he starts like licking and like nudging up in my hair. And then when someone tries to like touch him, he like he like pats their hand away, and I'm just like, but if I try to pick him up, he's fine. I'm like, I was like, oh, he chose no. you. And I'm just like, then all of a sudden, like you see them, everybody else kind of have like a few kids, and then like all huddled around me. I'm like, why? I'm like, literally, this happens wherever I go, and it's like. If I even see a cat out in the street, they make sure to come out their way to get to me. And I'm just like, leave. Like, leave. I won't even say leave me alone on it because I'll pet them because I'm just like a big softy when it comes to animals. It gets even worse when I see a puppy. I'm just like, I'll stop what I'm doing. And a lady at work can attest to this because, like, she was in the car waiting to pick up one of our kids. And I walked by and I stopped. And I looked over. And there's a there's a puppy in the front seat. And all of a sudden, like, she looks over, and she just realized I was standing there, and she, like, she jumped for a second, and she realized I was one of the coaches, and she laughed at all. I was like, I'm so sorry. I saw the dog, so I stopped and saw it, and then that's when she had seen me. And <laughs> the dog starts barking, dog, and I'm man. like, yes, I know I'm a stranger. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, and then it stopped, and I was like, see? It's like, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sucker for animals. As long as yeah. it's not a snake, I have to hold it. But then there is one animal that, like, for whatever reason, he always barks when he sees me and he doesn't stop. And I'm just like, and it's my best friend, Yorkie. And I'm just like, it's like, it's hilarious that it's a Yorkie, but it's more hilarious that it's my my best friend's dog. And it doesn't like you? I don't even know if he dislikes me. It's just the fact he always barks at me whenever I show up when I was like, Am I not around enough? I was like, when I was a puppy, you couldn't get it. When you was a puppy, you couldn't get enough of me. Now that you can bark and kind of strut your stuff, you're like, nah, bleep you. You don't belong in this house. And then there was like one day I just held him the entire time and he didn't complain. And I'm just like, he's a, he's an oddball like, when it comes to me. We're all just not sure why he doesn't like, why he always does it to me. Like, and this man could be, but he'll like be chilling. But let me get up and then he'll bark up a storm. And I'm just like, I don't understand. It's, like, hilarious that it's just you. Every other dog that, like, either doesn't like people or just, like, chills likes you. But it's you. You're just, like, he's making his case. That it's, like, I can't fold until I'm, like, one. And then he'll be, like, oh, I'll probably like me more. <laughs> I'll have to bring Killer to your house one day. Or to your apartment. Go for it. And at that point, I'll be, like, all right. I was like, all right, killer. It's like, don't take this offensive, but you got here before my own my own dog, and I don't think he'll be a fan. So it's like, it's okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've prattled on enough. That, that's nothing new. It's like it went from our rant about what, how our week has been. Also, one of my kids that hurt his shoulder broke, and we found out he probably broke his collarbone, and I'm upset because he's actually one of Aww. our better seventh graders, and he's actually a good kid. Like, the point he had to sling now today out, and I'm just sitting there, like, so depressed, and I'm just like, why oh, you have to break get hurt? Is not fun. And I'm just like, why'd you have to get hurt? It's like, I don't even want none of y'all to get hurt, but why'd you have to get hurt? Why was it you? 
Why? And I'm just like sitting there all sad. Cause he's always respectful and stuff. And he, like his parents raise a good kid. His older brother's not that bad either. I remember the first time I seen his mom and I was like, I will, like I seen her and I looked back at him and then I seen her again. I'm like, how? And I'm just like, you look nothing like her. I'm not going to tell him I said that, but I was just like, it's like, come here. It was when we all had the faculty stuff together. And then I was talking to one of my boys that was up there. And I remember I was sitting there, I was like, and I was talking about how, like, he's one of my favorite kids coming up, and I can't wait to see him again, because I had, this was, like, during uh, March, and, I mean, during um, August, he's like, all right, he's like, that's, that's actually his mom right there, and I'm like, huh? I was like, mama kind of far, anyway, it's just, I was like, um, are we sure? And I was like, I was like, are we, are we, are we sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, well, but, and it's kind of hilarious, because, like, his mom works at the school, and his dad used to be a stuntman. And now he's retired and kind of just works in the area and does uh, works on like he's a mechanic now. And I'm just like, I said, like, Jericho, you are literally either gonna be like amazingly great at doing something else, or even your average would probably be a lot better than everybody else. <laughs> and it's just like hilarious. So like today, like he said, when he had his little sling on, and so he's gonna get X-ray today. I literally had my bucket hat and I put it on him, and I went on my business. And like he look, I, I go to do something. I see him down there where like he's in there talking, and you see him with my little bucket hat on. I'm like, it's like that's not favoritism whatsoever. Nah. Yeah, no, no, no. So like, oh my god, we're gonna make sure he's all good. And we don't got film tomorrow, so I actually can get to work at like seven thirty. I'm not gonna. I'll probably <laughs> still get to work at like seven, but um, we'll we'll be all right. Also, like, nah, for real, though, I love how when my alarm goes off, it's just, like, it's there, <laughs> all it says, all it says is, tell Anderson number one to take their medicine. Oh, my gosh. Well, now I have to tell the story, because people are going to be like, wait, why? Okay. I mean, look, look, we have the time. Like, I'm not really doing anything, unless you're going to bed. This is true. No. I don't sleep anymore. Um... Okay, so a lot has happened in the last, like, week and a half, and I've been doing a lot of driving and traveling and dealing with, like, funeral stuff, and I have a lot of health issues, so I take a lot of medication, and for whatever reason, my brain was like, okay, you only need to remember to take the important meds. So, like, I took my, uh, my anti-anxiety pill, no, I actually forgot to take that one too, but I was like, all right, I take all my night meds. So I took all my meds at night. Um, so like one of them's my, uh, like muscle relaxer and then like my birth control and then my, uh, one of the medicines that I take for lupus. Uh But my morning meds, I, in the morning I take uh, a medication for my bladder. I take an anti-anxiety and then I take, uh, I'm on steroids right now for pain because I just started infusions again after eight months. And so I've literally been on prednisone since like February or March. Well, with steroids, you have to like taper off of them because if you don't take them after taking them for a long period of time, your body goes into shock. And I knew that. I know that. I have never been a person that like is super bad about like forgetting to take her pills. Like I might not take them at the same time every day, but I certainly like don't skip them for multiple days in a row. And so Jet broke up with me last Friday night. So I got up 
and immediately just like packed my stuff and went to East Texas. And so I know I took my night meds because I was at my memos, but I still didn't sleep. And so since I didn't sleep, I guess my body was like, well, you can't take your morning meds because you didn't actually go to sleep, I guess. I don't know. And then I came back Monday and then Tuesday morning. Uh, so Monday night, Tuesday morning is when my stepdad died and I immediately like packed all my stuff, which my meds are one of the things that I packed because I don't leave the house without them, but I packed them. But my brain was like, okay, so much is going on right now. You just need to make sure you take your important pills. Well, an argument can be made that my prednisone is my most important pill because that's the only thing that I take that if I'm not on it or if I don't take it for a certain period of time, uh, my body will go into shock. But no, my brain didn't think like that. My brain was like, your important pill is the pills that help you sleep, your birth control, and your lupus pill. So those are the only three that I took, apparently, because I ended up in the ER Thursday night. I had, like, been super weak and nauseous and, like, airy kind of feeling. Like, I felt like I was high at first, but I didn't take any. Like, I don't do drugs or anything like that. I hadn't taken any of my medicine. So I was like, which I don't have any controlled substances. But, like, I had that feeling of just, like, being drunk or high where, like, you're doing something, but, like, there's no afterthought or pre-thought or, like, decision-making. Like, you're just doing it, and, like, your body just feels really floaty. So I went to lay down thinking that maybe I took maybe too much CBD or something. I don't know. Like, I was really anxious, and I took – I had some CBD in my car, so I took a little – I took a gummy, but it's not any more than I usually take. I take them all the time. Never had an issue. Well, my sister, we were at my grandparents' house. And so my sister came to get me and said, hey, we're leaving. And I went to stand up and immediately vomited and then passed out. And so she freaks out, takes me to the ER in Carthage because it's the closest one. And she's freaking out. My mom is freaking out because she just literally lost her husband in a hospital. And so she couldn't even go into the ER. I remember nothing of this ER trip at all. Like, I remember getting in the car to go to the ER, but I don't remember going in. And then I remember getting back to my mom's at, like, midnight when they released me. Apparently, I had a head CT. Uh, I threw up on a nurse. The nurse missed my vein, like, four times because I kept, like, trying to vomit. And then she finally got an IV in, but then I rolled over on it. (laughs) So, like, the IV, like, wasn't, I wasn't getting any fluid, but they were, like, okay, she's really dehydrated, but did she take something? So the first thing that ran through their minds, because Caitlin was like, it's been a really stressful week for her, their first thing was they went to, like, drug overdose. So, like, they were trying to wake me up to be like, what did she take? And Caitlin's like, I have a list of all of her medicines right here. She keeps a copy in her car. And Caitlin knew right where it was. And so she gives them, you know, the list of my medicine. And for whatever reason, they were just like, you know, what did she take? And I had mentioned to Caitlin, I was like, the only thing I took is that CBD. That's the only thing I took, but I read all the ingredients. There's nothing in it that I can't have. So anyways, the next morning I get up and my mom is like lecturing me. She's like, don't you take that stuff anymore. Don't do that to me ever again. And I'm like, what? I also got a text message from the ER that was like, rate your stay with us. And I was like, I don't remember my stay with you, but okay. So anyways, 
Um, and my dad called me because Caitlin had been on the phone with my dad because she, like, doesn't know a whole lot about my illnesses or whatever. And so she was, like, talking to him and was, like, telling me what to do or, like, whatever. And um, I got up the next morning and I went through my medicine. And I my mom sat with me and counted all my meds because I was like, it's not the CBD. That is not what caused it. That's not what happened. And she was like, well, then what was it then? And I said, I don't know. And so when I was going through my meds, I counted my prednisone and realized I hadn't taken it for, I hadn't taken it since Friday when, or Saturday morning, because I'd already taken it Friday because I take it in the morning. So I didn't take it from Saturday all the way through Thursday. So that's six days without it. It only takes four days to go into withdrawal. And so I ended up in the ER from prednisone withdrawal, it never crossed their minds, even though they had a list of my medications. And Caitlin was on the phone with my dad. But as soon as I texted that to my dad and was like, I think this is what happened. He was like, Oh, yeah, that's 100% what happened. So now I was like telling DQ what happened. And he was just like, Am I gonna have to remind you every day to take your meds? And I was like, No, this has literally never happened before. (laughs) I have a lot going on. Okay. But now he changed the name of his alarm to tell Anderson number one to take her meds. So that's why. Because he feels the need to remind me to take my meds. Yeah. Which like is very this, sweet. Yeah. Like at this point, it literally like, I already get up at that time anyway, but it makes it so much easier to change it to that. And like, I'll get up and immediately it's like, even if I don't get up at that time, like it's one of those things where I'm like, all right, I'm like, nah, hold up. And then I'll immediately like text her. And then I'll like lay back down for the extra like 10 minutes that I actually have. So yeah, I have you texting me to remind me, Caitlin texted me to remind me, and now Eric is doing the same thing. And I'm like, guys, this has never happened to me before. I'm really good about taking my meds. No, I don't doubt it. But like, Jordan, really I like, it's, like, it's like, as your fake husband, I got to take care of you. It's like, you're not I on know. the, you're not on the life insurance. <laughs> you can't die unless I get money out of it. Exactly. I mean, no, what the most hilarious part is, like, on my actual life insurance, the same person has always been named as my mother. And I'm just like, Mom, you should never see this money. So I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, Caitlin on mine. She's my beneficiary. But I have a will, so it'll get divvied out. Oh, but there you go. Nah, I'm like, everything that I've ever owned, I want you all to take it and give it to Jackson. <laughs> what is your dog going to do with your PlayStation? <laughs> Hey, he'll do a lot more than everybody else will. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, that's it. We need to go. <laughs> Alright. Talking about his dog playing with PlayStation. Hey, hey. Priorities, alright? Yes, yes, I'm aware. You can find us on Twitter at A Earful, capital A-E. We are not on Instagram as of yet. But you can find Jordan on Instagram and Twitter at perfectly underscore wild with an E. And me, DQ, on Twitter at D-A-Q-U-I-N-T-O-N, capital A, N-D-E-R-S. So it's the Quentin Anders. And DQ04 on Instagram. Our Facebook is a fearful earful, all one word. And you can email us your creepy stories or topic suggestions at a fearful earful pod at gmail.com 
If you like what you hear, the best way to support the show is to leave us a review on iTunes, share with everyone you know, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. A Fearful Earful was created by me, Jordan Anderson, with co-host DQ Anderson. All A Fearful Earful art was created by Gerilyn Anderson, my sister, and music is by One Wave, licensed through Premium Beat.